Welcome back. Another episode of Into the Combine podcast. Just Jason here today. Yeah, for, for any listeners who've been around with us for a while, then you're probably used to having uh, Derek Vela from Two Mold and Dream Unending. And, you know, he's been uh, he's been a guest on the show quite a few times at this point. Always one of the favorite guests for me and, and I know for, for, for you guys. So he's back for another one. And this time I think it's uh, extra cool because we also have Justin who's playing with him in, in Dream Unending. Probably know him from Innumerable Forms, Summerlands, Magic Circle, Moon Man. You know, he's got, he had a ton, tons of bands and, and hardcore bands. Um, so yeah, so the idea here was just to dive into this new Dream Unending album that is coming out. Uh, well, it'll be out early November, I believe. Uh, one track's out so far. Highly, highly, highly recommend checking out this album. Uh, it's If you like the first one, you're going to love this one. Uh, I definitely think it's better. And uh, yeah, it was a good conversation. I don't know. We talked about the kind of like since they were both on, we, we dove, dove into like how they started the band and, and things that got them together in the first place, early ideas for the band, how they evolved, you know, into making the first album and then and then into this new album. And then obviously with Justin being there, we had to touch on the newest Innumerable Forms album a little bit, the new Summerlands album. We touched on Two Mold, the new demo, you know, what's going on with that band uh, and everything else, you know, all over the place. So I think it's a good one and hopefully you guys enjoy.
don't know. I figure we'll keep it loose. You know, sure. whatever, whatever we want to talk about, whatever comes up. If you guys talk amongst each other, talk whatever. Like, you know, I have no big agenda. I've got a list of questions and shit, but Sweet. whatever we want to do. So, um, yeah. Well, I guess like we should probably, uh, where do we start? Like before we make the record, do we start with Bide? That's, that's the, so, yeah, I mean, that's what I was thinking. I mean, because I know I talked to you. We might have talked about the beginning of the band a little bit, but... Now with both of you guys, you know, together and everything. No, we haven't. We've never. I guess we've never. We've never really talked about it. No. Like well, then. on on chat, like me and Justin about how the band started. But I guess I I emailed Justin. But this is that 2018 or yeah. This is this right? was you you emailed me on Thanksgiving Day, our Thanksgiving, right. 2018. Right. Mm. So that's like we're like we're almost hitting four four years or three. That's I think that's four years, man. That's crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. That's crazy. It's wild. It doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like four years. But no, what not made at you, all. What made you send the email? Well, um, I remember the innumerable forms record came out, mm. Punishment and Flesh, and it was like it was it was like your your debut LP, right. but you guys had been a band for like ever, and I was like, holy fuck, they did it. <laughs> yeah. And then I remember, and I was like, well, how do I get in touch with this guy? I've liked so much of his stuff. So I asked Chris Bruni from Profound Lore. I was like, "Would you give me his email?" And he was like, "Yeah, sure." Um, and then I and then I think I just dropped you a line. And then I don't, but I don't even remember how we got on the subject of doing a band together. Do you? Well, I think yeah. Well, I, I think in the email you said, "Hey, man, if <laughs> you like, if you need anything, just let me know." Oh yeah, and, that's, that's, and, that sounds about right. I, I, yeah, <laughs> I say that. <laughs> Yeah, so me being the opportunist was like, hmm, like, well, I because you know I want to say I, I was I was a big Tomb Mold fan, especially when because Manor had come out what maybe like four months earlier or something like that, sometime during the was, summer, yeah, maybe maybe hard. six months or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so me being like, you know, I'm always down to play music, especially at that time, and I was like, huh, I wonder if he would be down to do something because I thought it would be interesting. Yeah, I guess what were you doing at that point? Like you had numeral forms going, Magic Circle still happening. Magic Circle was yep, Magic Summerlands. Circle was still going on. Summerlands, yep. Um but you know, like Summerlands was kind of doing stuff, not really like we we did the the record in 2016, but we weren't yeah. like, you know, like a fully active band or whatever. Um Were you guys playing shows? We 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 were playing shows once every once in a while. Like I would say maybe like three or four shows a year mm. since 2016. So remember, like, do you remember playing a show in Philly with eternal champion at like a really small venue? Yeah. That was a good yeah. show. I had friends that drove down from Toronto for that show. Yeah. I think you told me that one oh, time. Crazy. Yeah. 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 That, yeah, so that, you, yeah. That was a good one. So then you do that. And I guess, Wound Man as well. You doing Wound and, Man and, at that point? In Wound Man, yeah. yeah. Actually, actually, you know what? At the time, I bet I bet you Wound Man was probably the most active of all those bands. That would make sense. Yeah, that would make sense. And then, yeah, I guess, I guess you said we could make music, and then I guess I probably said, "What do you want to do?" <laughs> right. And then, and then you kind of like, so you kind of laid the foundation for the band. I mean, yeah, I, I guess I did. But I mean, but, go on. No, no, no. I, I I did because I said, "Well, I wanted to do something." doom yeah and you were like well you already have a doom band and i was like well i know that but like i still want to do something you know 
Well, yeah, I remember I remember when you were like, well, we could do like a kind of like a Peaceville 3 style thing. I was like the idea of doing that was super intimidating. Yeah, like, see, I didn't know at the time. You you told me that yeah. later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I probably was just like, oh, yeah, I can work with that. But in my head, I'm like, what the? Like, I don't know how to write that music. Like, that's like, it's very detailed, melodramatic stuff. Like, I never tried anything on that scale. Especially like. <laughs> you say that, but then you have a fucking dream on ending, which is. About yeah. as detailed as it gets, man. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I guess I didn't. I didn't know I had that in me, though. Okay, that's that's. I guess that's what I mean. Were you gonna say, Justin? Well, what I was gonna say is what what convinced me that that you were capable of of something like that was just some of the like the the intro to the first song on Manor. That that's oh, yeah. the the song like the kind of weird melody. I was like, no quarter riff. <laughs> yeah, no, right. Yeah, yeah. And some of the other stuff on that record made me think like, ah, I bet you this dude could do that. Like, I, it would be weird and it would be cool and be interesting. And that's, that's what made me like want to do it. So it wasn't, it wasn't that I just randomly came up with that thought. Like I, I, I had, I, I had a vision in mind, you know, <laughs> some reasoning. Yeah. And some reason. Right. How did it go from being, being Peaceville three, like influence to like adding in like is. your own flavor and going to where it got? Let, you know, I don't know. I think I think that kind of came organically out of I think just like you and I, Justin, just talking about bands we liked. Yes. Realizing we liked a lot of the same stuff, but also just a lot of stuff in general. Right. And both being like, you know, like big Cure fans and stuff like that. It was like, well, that stuff's like super easy to play over like slow these like slow kind of melodic chord progressions because it's it's the same it's like the same chords that those goth bands are playing except it's just slower and it's sometimes more low tuned yeah heavier but like all those all those like kind of creepy or you know wistful melodies you want to put on top like they all fit so it just it made sense i guess like so we talked about that but i yeah and we never talked about go on no and 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 you had also said and i agreed with you that you wanted to do something different and maybe something a little bit outside our, our comfort zones or, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, so, and, and I was totally down for it. Cause I was looking for a band that would kind of do that, you know, that, that would be a little bit different, a little more experimental, you know, than, than what I usually do. So you, you had that mentality from the start and then I kind of jumped on board. Yeah, that's fair. That yeah. was but, a question I had because it, being that you guys have such like a signature sound, like you don't really sound like any other band, like as far as classification goes, like I was, I was wondering that, like, was that a big part of the mindset going into it? Like we need, we want to do something related to doom, but do we want to keep it like pretty far away from what's going on? You know, as far as trends go and things like that. I think a little bit, I think we were very like, we don't want to, I think we, we didn't want to blur the lines too hard between like being, like we didn't want to come off as like a death metal band at all, so we there's no real fast parts, right? There's no blast beats or anything like right. that. Right? Yeah, we we decided that pretty early on. Yeah, yeah. and then I think we like the the way our sound was sort of just refined was just every time we just I worked on a song and was like, oh, I could put this there and this there, and just realizing that we could just keep stacking layers of things and make it sound yeah otherworldly. But I you know I think some of those doom bands. Like that otherworldly quality, like that's like the band disembowelment, right? Like yeah. they have mm-hmm. they have like a perfect atmosphere to that stuff. But it, right. so it's all about it's kind of like taking a look at things you like, but not trying to exactly replicate it. It's more like 
instead of like how a riff sounds, it's more so how it makes me feel. And then it's like, oh, I want to capture that feeling. You know what I mean? That's why mm. listening, if you like listen to music or look for inspiration through that lens, as opposed to like, what's a sick riff I can steal or whatever. And I'm like, you know, we all do that too. But right. it's more so like listening to something and be like, oh, like that, like that hits me like right in the chest. So it's like, oh, I want to write something that kind of captures that essence. Right. And I think that I think that helps color a lot of like the sound of dream unending is like just kind of like mm-hmm. chasing for that like chasing for that i think on the new record especially it's it, a lot of like the longer songs always just feel like just like how many times can we like chase for tension and have a release before the song's over mm-hmm. and the like i mean we're jumping ahead though but i i feel like that kind of stuff and yeah i i feel like we thought more about for lack of a better way of putting it, a vibe rather than like, we need to sound like this band. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they think that's probably for the best. I I would say. I mean, Definitely. I, guess it, I guess it depends on who you ask, but. What were some other bands, like when you guys were talking and, and like just probably talking about music, like what were some bands that you guys did connect on? Let's see. Um, definitely you Anathema. Mean, like as far as yeah, like heavy bands go, Anathema. Yeah. Like that's a that's a big one. Yeah, that that was like, I mean, that's my favorite Peaceful 3 band. I think that's probably Derek's too, yeah. Well, they have like, I mean, I like some of the, I've actually like, I've really come around to some of the later Paradise Lost stuff, but like, there's a lot of Anathema records I like, like even going into Mm -hmm. the 2000s. and, And that's just like, I like that. Like, I like when bands will just, their sound evolves, I guess. But what then what's interesting to me consuming that entire catalog is like I can listen to like the Silent and Enigma, one of the early records and be like, oh, there's a part on this record that's awesome. I want to like capture that and then go fast forward like eight years later to like Judgment, like a f- kind of fully soft record and be like, well, there's a lot I like about this. And it's like sort of like, well, how do I blend the two kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, that band for sure. Um, Justin, and I love all the same like kind of alternative rock like Alice in Chains, Soundgarden, King's X. King's mm. X is a big one for sure. Um, what other one? I noticed you got the you've got the King's X quote. Yeah, we do. That's, in the booklet for the new one. Yeah. Yeah, that that was Yeah, I, I like I like putting quotes in records. I got that from Max, my bandmate in Dream on Ending or in uh Tumult, I mean. <laughs> but uh maybe someday live, but he he's always like he's always got good ones and especially for like instrumental tracks or just like throwing it on like the back of a record or at like the bottom of the liner notes. Um, you said they do that on, on jazz records, right? They do. They do. Yeah. yeah. They do that. And they, well, jazz records, it's great. Cause they'll just have a whole person, like write a whole forward, like on the back of a record. Right. About yeah, the cool. album, which is cool. It's like, yeah, I've always wanted, I always wanted like to have someone write a forward for like a record I, I make. That'd be kind of cool. That would be cool. Yeah. And like, I don't know who I'd get, but it's something to put in my put in the back of my mind for later. So, okay, so you you guys were like, you know, you had a few bands that you like definitely agreed upon. Yeah. Be, obviously, you guys live apart from each other. Yeah. So once you agreed on something, I mean, you guys were talking, you guys had a connection with all that kind of stuff. Like, where did the writing start out? I guess I wrote, I wrote like one song or half a song maybe. And sent it to justin and then 
he was like, you're on the right track, but it needs work. And I think I scrapped most of it and started over. Mm, and then yeah. that song would have ended up becoming In Cypher I Weep, which is the like technically the third track on Tide Turns Eternal. What do you remember, Justin, like what it was about it in the beginning that you were like, I don't know. The beat, the, the, the first thing that he presented to me, the first song was good. But to me, it just sounded like it sounded like a two mold song, like played slower, you know, yeah, kind of like mm. crowbar. And I was like, mm. I don't know about that. But, <laughs> <Okay>. uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I was like, I was like, this is cool. But I think I may have even told you that I was like, this seems more in the realm of two mold. And you were like, Probably. you're like, yeah. you're like, I get it. No problem. Yeah. And then you came, you came back uh, a little while later, like rather quickly with most of what became in cypher. I weep, you know, I would say like, hmm. 90% of it or something. Yeah, I would say. And I was like, maybe this is like, cool. Maybe like the whole outline, but just like one guitar or something. Like I feel right. like. That, I would, that is interesting too, because that song is probably the only one where like you can pick up a little too mold yes. when it gets oh, heavy for, for a sure. minute. Yep. So that makes sense that, you know what I mean? Like it started off that well, way. Well, it makes, yeah, it makes a lot of sense to me because, you know, with every like, with every project or style of music you work on, like you're kind of starting from nothing for the most part, right? So yeah. I never tried to write doom metal before that band, but I had just come off like, you know, three, four years of like writing two mold songs, right? So it's pretty natural. It makes sense to me that the early, excuse me, song ideas would sound like two mold, right? Because it's like you need mm -hmm. a familiar yep. spot to start at. And then, but then, yeah, like as you keep playing it more and more and, and you're sort of, you're just kind of like crafting a different, like a different shape or like a different style of, of your writing. And then, and that's, that's why it's, that's why making, doing bands is so interesting, especially new ones where it's like, I don't know what this will sound like. So let me just see where it, where it takes me. And so, yeah, I sent you that song. And then I think after that, Adorned in Lies was next. Ador yeah. Adorned in Lies was probably like. I, I remember I was I was out in California. Magic Circle were playing some shows. We played L.A. And I remember being in L.A. when you sent me what would become Adorned in Lies, and that's when I was like, I was like, this is awesome. Like we have a band here for sure. You know what I mean? Like because it 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 was like the riffs were great. It didn't feel like one. It didn't feel like you trying to emulate this band or or that band. Like it, it felt it felt complete and it felt like its own thing. And that's when I really got excited. Yeah, that was a good one. I remember yep. you were like, but you were so unsure on that intro. You're like, I don't know about that. And I said, the intro, yeah, the intro, yeah. trust me, just trust me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it was like, yeah, with one guitar, it's just like, I don't know. But then it's like, let me fill it out. And then. And that's, then what, like, that's what you said. Yeah. You're like, let me fill it out and let me put some bass on it. And then that, that changed everything. That yeah. changed the psychology of it. That changed everything. Oh, so you had like you had like a vision for it. Just you had yeah. just something rough you sent over. Exactly. And that's like right. a lot of a lot of my like writing process. And I'm sure a lot of people are like this where like how it sounds in my head, like almost always ends up kind of being that way when I finish like recording something properly. So it's sort of like like Tide Turns Eternal sounds like how it does in my head. Those two mold records sound like how they sounded in my head by the end. And um so, but it's it's funny, like a uh, like a quick aside. I was I was working on a, a music thing, and usually when I write music, like I write like completely alone, like no one is sort of like a bystander to my writing process. But now, like living with my wife, she's sort of like subjected to it, so she'll hear all these things over and over and over again, and then I'll like be like, oh, here I recorded something, here it is, and she's like, all of this sounds familiar, 
And yeah. but she's like, is this how it sounds in your head? And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, man, when I hear it out of context, it makes no fucking sense. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, no. Like, so it's like with like with that song, like, yeah, like I, I had a I had a vision like I could I could hear like drums to it. And I was like, I know this will be good. But I think that song like there was no I didn't tell you anything to do. I just trusted you would do it. And you did. With like, the with the drums, yeah, yeah. No, I think you. There, there was maybe like a couple of parts on the record where you're like, "All right, I'd like you to do this," yeah. and so I would and try it, that. It was, but for it the most was part, always where there's double kick, double kick. Yes, yeah. right. And that's like that's it. Aside from that, I don't really, I don't really have notes unless you're like, unless you're trying to bounce an like you want me to bounce an idea off you, right? But then. And then, yeah, we 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 kind of I wrote a bit more and then we put it on hold for a while. The pandemic happened. I realized I wasn't going to move. And then that's when we kind of went back to it. And that's when we really started to find like the sound of the band, because by that point I had basically written the title song Dream Unending. And I think that's mm. the song where, you know, if someone's like, what is this band? It's like you show them that song. You know what I mean? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that was a big one for sure. Cause it's got it's got almost all the trademarks. I guess Ecstatic Rain now has all the trademarks of right. mm-hmm. Dream Unending is, but for for the time it was like that was like sort of like the quintessential song. I mean, it's called Dream Unending, right? Like so, but that was the one where I remember like when I was writing it and I got to like I was basically wrapping up like that big clean break where it goes back into the heavy, and I was just like, this is so good, and I was like, I'm gonna be so crushed if Justin doesn't like this. <laughs> no i was I, I was pretty blown away when you when you sent that one to me that was another one where i was just like all right like we have to make this happen you know mm-hmm. so like what so was there any challenges like as far as like when justin when you would get some of these songs that were kind of put together a little bit and you had to add in the drums and your vocals like were there any i don't know challenges with that or like was it pretty seamless like once you got as far as knowing what you wanted to do with it no i was i was so nervous i was like because <laughs> you know you're, you're presented with like 11 minute songs with <laughs> just guitar and you're like shit like what you know like i was definitely intimidated intimidated by it but i i knew that that i i booked time with arthur um and we were gonna do the drums with arthur and so i was like you know what if like I trust that guy. You know what I mean? Like we'll get through it. You know what I mean? Like, like no matter what, we'll, we'll make it happen. I, I actually booked out an entire week. Cause I was like, I don't know, maybe the song, maybe, maybe it takes a few hours. Maybe a song will take a few days. Who knows? You know? Yeah. So, so I booked a, a full week to, to do the, the, um, to do the drums with him. And, uh, and it actually, it, it came together, um, easier than I thought. You know, I had really meditated on the songs. I had practiced the songs on my own, just playing along um, to the recordings and stuff like that. So I was pretty familiar with them. You'd, you'd had the luxury of like time to sit with the songs, which I think probably for really sure, helped, which is definitely the, the benefit of like, I guess, ha- yeah, just like me being able to get you stuff so quickly and then having the luxury of time. Yes, yeah, I, I remember, right, exactly. I remember when you're like, yeah, I'm going for a week. I was like, holy shit. And then I, I was like, how long am I going to go for to record the guitars? It was like three days. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, it was to me, it, it, it was the great unknown, you know, and, and, and then also, Dude, same. I, yeah, I, I wanted, I wanted to, to uh, save a day with Arthur to go over vocal patterns. The, the, yeah, you know, true. the drums was one thing. The vocals were actually what I was most nervous about. So I was yeah. like, 
I was like, I don't know how the fuck I'm going to sing over these songs. Like, we'll see what <laughs> that happens. That was my big question. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, there's so many pretty parts and it gets so dreamy and then you get the heavier. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So like, well, yeah, kind of like talk about how you figured that out. Well, Arthur was 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 big with that, too. I got to give him props because yeah. what, what we did, we before I, I like I had written some lyrics before that. But what we did after we finished tracking the drums we um, went through all the songs and we recorded vocal patterns. So I didn't, I wasn't singing particular lyrics, but I was, I was kind of like grunting and mm. growling along to the songs. Like kind of like we, we, we figured out, okay, here you do this, here you do that. Don't do anything right here. You, you know what I mean? So like I had kind of like a, a game plan going into it um, hmm. with, with, with the vocals and that, that helped like, like immensely, you know, like, I don't know if I could have gotten through it if, if, if we didn't do that beforehand. You do that for the, for the new record as well. Like, Oh yeah. Yeah. I no, that, that, that's my go-to now. That's, that's yeah, what I do. I mean, you know, I mean, fair enough. Right. Like, yeah, like he's got, he's got a good ear for that stuff too. He's got a good ear. Yeah. And he knew, he knew what, what we were going for and stuff. And, um, yeah, so that, that really worked out. Yeah. Yeah, no, and like we, it was pretty seamless. I think everything, uh, the only thing that happened during your side of the process that wasn't even a thing was um, in the needful, there was a bass break and we like sliced oh, that in yes, half. That's and that right. was, that was like, that was the only thing where it was like, oh, this is the, not a snag, but a note we hit where it's like, we should change this in the song. And that's right. easy it, though, because it's just like, okay, just cut that part out and then like go from there. Yeah, it, it was it was it felt a little meandering when we were recording the drums. Oh, so def- but it was definitely meandering. That's what I do. <laughs> yeah, no, but but like it's cool, but but I think the way that, that we um arranged no, it was, after it that was, was like it perfect. Was, it was a it was the it was a really good note. Like it just like you know what it it's um it's sort of like you know, sometimes like a hard stop in a song, like, like uh, just like a like a like a breath, like almost like enough time to take a breath. It's like a really just like really builds intensity. And it's like if that bass part had been longer, it wouldn't have like the intensity would have dropped and yeah. the whole song's ruined. So it's like, yeah, right. I, 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 I get what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What about like, Justin, you did obviously some doomier stuff before this, but like, was there was what was your approach coming into it? Like with the drums? as far as style goes like did you have something in mind or you just kind of vibed with the songs and and, and figured it out yeah i i didn't go in being like well i'm gonna do this because skepticism of that but like you know <laughs> mm-hmm. um but it kind of just ended up that way anyways like i i think with with me and when when i kind of you know think about drums and doom and death doom like i personally like it simple i like it i like it big you know mm-hmm. big accents you know, hard hitting, but I don't like it too complicated. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah, where like yeah. the Gotham skepticism, you know, and that's but like, yeah. like I, I just love the way those drums are played. It's simple, but it, it's just so effective. Yeah. Like the dramas there just adds a big power. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it, yeah. And it works with like all the guitars kind of like swirling around where exactly. Yeah. It, I, I think everything, I, everything feels balanced. Yeah, I think a restrained performance is kind of what's what's needed for for songs like that, you know. Mm-hmm. There's some there's some big moments on the new record though. I feel like you leaned into it a bit more. Yeah, I leaned into it a, a little bit more, more more than usual, but but still like nothing too over the top. I don't think so at least. No, I guess not. 
I respect that too because I mean, going from playing like such fast stuff that you do, yeah, and then also being able to do this slow stuff, which to some people probably sounds super easy, but obviously, you know, is not. That's uh, that's pretty cool. I mean, just as I guess it's a side note, but like. That's a pretty big difference. Were you always drawn to the slower stuff or did that come later in life or, or, or uh, did, and did you, and did you have to work at that much? I mean, I would say when when I was when I was like 14 and and just kind of getting into the drums, all I wanted to play was fast, you know what I mean? Like I was big mm-hmm. big uh kill 'em all guy and then I got into hardcore and you know, like I like uh, for me at least I I like 80s hardcore, the fast, you know, fast beats and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um yeah, thrash metal, hardcore, stuff like that. So uh, it wasn't until a little bit later on, maybe like in my twenties, when I when I kind of got more into to to doom, um, that I really kind of connected with with playing slow. And now, like for me, like I I can play fast, but like I'm way I, I would much rather play like like slow stuff. That that's just me. To me, mm-hmm. it just has more power. Mm-hmm. No, I'm kind of the same. I mean. Before I liked Doom, I liked a lot of like slow, like slowcore bands, right? Like Low or Red Out yep. Painters of Idaho and stuff like that. So it's like, because yep. it was always just way more dramatic sounding. So then Doom just made right. a lot of sense to me. But sure. really, once I started hearing the melodic stuff, because there's only so much like kind of like Sabbathy stoner Doom I can handle mm-hmm. um, without it just it gets like you know tired after a while but like same the more you dig into the genre and especially bands like disembowelment i mean they're all over the place but like it's just such imaginative stuff and Mm -hmm. i was like oh that's like that's interesting like that you can do you could do that and yeah some other bands like that and like even when i play like clean stuff on my own like i always just want to play slow like i just want chords to ring out forever like i want to like i I hear that yeah like I just want big shimmering chords like forever. And that's like, yeah, it's like all I want to do. So this rep band is great for that. Cause I can just do that. Sick. Yeah. Especially <laughs> the new songs that you, that you wrote. Some of the, oh, those shimmering chords is, you know, oh, like, yeah, for sure. A lot of that. Yeah. Let some of that stuff really hang and it's yeah. nice. And it just yeah, like, awesome. the thing that really works too, though, is that the vocals, <laughs> like, you know, it's heavy music and it, the vocals are guttural, but they're not, they don't grate on you. They're not assaulting. Like they're not harsh. Like they're so, they just, there's a, there's like a level of clarity and then like the sibilance or whatever you want to call it. And it just like, it meshes with everything just so well. It's like, yeah, I, I I want it to be like pleasant. You know what I mean? Like, like to kind of accompany the, 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 the music. I mean, I still want it to be emotive. I still want it to be, to be, um, you know, to be intense you know, especially in, in certain places, but like, yeah, you're right. I, I definitely don't want it to come off as, as grating or annoying. Like that's, that, no. that is not the purpose of the band. You know, maybe some people feel that way, but, but that's no. not the purpose of the band. No, I agree with that. And I, and I, I wonder like, do you guys think that people, I don't want to say outside of metal, mm-hmm. but people that aren't super into it, you know, would could, could kind of fall in love with this band or like, especially like this newer there's album being that it, it's firmly in there, but it's also pretty, pretty not. There's definitely, I mean, there's definitely something to be had. I, I feel like maybe, maybe it appeals to, it probably appeals more to metal fans who don't like death metal than non-metal fans. Right. Like that makes the most sense. But mm. 
I'm sure there's something to be had. I mean, I play it for some of my the non-metal people in my life, and they find a lot of merit in it. I had a, I had yeah, my, same here. like, I had my lifelong friend over last week, and I remember I played him the first record before it came out when my apartment was still empty. And now he came over last weekend. And I was like, well, let me play you the new one. I hadn't seen him in a while, and he was like. He yeah he he was really into it because he's like it's super cinematic and the flow and mm-hmm. it has all this yeah tension and release and he's like and all the solos like make me feel like I'm in the movie Manhunter and he and he's like that's the best part and I was like okay great because like all my solos are just cop drama solos and kind of, <laughs> kind of my kind of my thing but um so because well, I, I think go on. Well, I was going to say, I just, I think back to like being a little bit younger and, and showing a lot of people a band like Opeth, you know, sure. where it's like, it's death metal, yeah. but it's, it's also pretty appealing. I mean, you kind of have to be able to get past the vocals, obviously it's something similar with this. Yeah. I think that's a barrier. I think the vocals is, is a barrier for a lot of, for a lot of people mm-hmm. that aren't metal people, but yeah, anyways, I'm sorry. But I, I think back to, to Opeth though. And I mean, people, I remember people kind of like they would get used to it and they'd be like, yeah, I get this now. And I, I don't know, I guess I, I can just kind of seeing it fit for the right people that are kind of, maybe they know a little bit about it, but it's not their thing fully. But right. anyway, it's just a side thought, side question. I think it helps if there's something like the, like the, the heavy vocals can be tolerated if, if the rest of the music is not like, like death metal. I, I mean, I think death metal is a super engaging style of music, but it's also, you know, um, it's so it can be abstract, it can be harsh, like it can be ugly. So the ugly vocals on top of like ugly music is too much for someone. But if you have like a more like conventional melodic song, but with like ugly vocals, for lack of a better way of putting it, like there's less to have to feel like you're tolerating, maybe. Mm-hmm. But yep. I mean, Opeth have that one record, Damnation. It's all clean. I play that at work all the time and people like Yeah, it. same here. Yeah, like. I don't. I wish they made more records like that. I mean, I, I love their other stuff, but that record is fucking. That's, yeah, it's that's, pretty. It's pretty special. That's the good. Mm-hmm. That's the good shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we definitely. I definitely thought about that record when working on the new Dream and Ending. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can hear that but, for sure. But to get us on kind of back on track, we record the record, and what it's probably, I record everything on my end in March of twenty twenty one, and then you do your vocals. That was in like March, April, I guess. Yep. I, I, I finished, I think, first week of April. And and now I can't remember. Was I trying to send you new song ideas before you were done recording vocals? I don't think before I was done recording okay. vocals, but like <laughs> definitely before before we had a mix of Tide Before we had a mix. Like, well, we were waiting and I was bored. So I was like, I'm going to st- start working on new stuff. Yeah. I was like, brother, That's like, wild. this is cool, but like, you gotta, you gotta slow your roll, you know? Impossible. Yeah. This is what I do. Yeah, um, no, evidently. Apparently. Um, but then, yeah, and then the record comes out. It's, you know, what's funny too is like, you, you start writing a new record. Well, I start writing a new record before the first record comes out which clearly shows that like there's a part of me that's like almost like I don't care what any like anyone has to say or think about this album I'm already yeah. like I'm already like I I don't need feedback to help me color the next record you know what I mean mm. it's like yep. I've almost like I've scrutinized it enough myself but I've also been beyond excited off it where it's like I'm motivated to make more but I'm motivated to try to push myself and and push my writing and and whatever that's cool yeah that's awesome yeah I was we- looking 
Oh, go on. You, you, you definitely, I mean, I'm going to say right now, you definitely had what would become Song of Salvation. That was done before the record, before Tide was released yeah, to the public, like <laughs> straight up. I, I, I remember that. <laughs> I know. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> I, remember, yeah. I remember sending it to you and you're like, wow, this is better than the record. And it's, yeah. like, it's not even done. It's like, well, we'll see what happens. And yep. then, but yeah, it's just like, I mean, I had, I had this like real luxury of time after the record was done. I mean, I was, I was working, but, um, I was living at home with my mom. So I would just kind of just on my days off and I'm and on my nights, I would just kind of sit in the basement and just play guitar. And it was a nice thing. It was like, I really fell in love with playing guitar again during the pandemic. And I think that really helped, especially the first record was just playing so much and then having all these ideas and kind of like piecing it all together. But then song of salvation is just an extension of that. It's just an extension of like, well, uh, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not having band practice with too mold and I'm waiting to hear what this record's going to sound like. So I might as well occupy my time. And it was also fun because I had the 12 string guitar, but I didn't ever really write on the 12 string for tide. It was sort of like, I had these riffs in mind and I'll just kind of play them on the 12 string. So, you know, big parts of the record were built on the 12 string for song of salvation. Like, I mean, the intro to that album is like the first thing I wrote for the record. So it's, I didn't write the album in order, but like I, I started with the first song, like the first song on the record is the first thing I wrote for it, I guess. Hmm. So you guys did not ever sit down and say like, this is what we liked about the first one. We want to use this for the next one. It just started happening right after it. I guess so. I mean, we definitely highlighted things. We're like, that's good. Or like, that's good. But I think for me, it was like, it was more so like, how do I, how do I make a natural extension to the record? But I don't want it to sound like tied, but I want it to, that's the, like the, the making a sophomore album is always like an interesting thing. I guess it's funny because like with Tumult, I feel like our sophomore record was a lot of people's like first record hearing mm, us. Yeah. So which is interesting. But for a band like this, like uh, I mean, and I you know what? That could be every band though. Like, you know, this Song of Salvation could be everybody's a lot of people's first dream on ending record. But in my head, I'm just like there's a lot of things I like about it, but it's like, how do I improve upon that? And like I think the first thing I, I really thought about was I want the record to be like going kind of full steam ahead within the first 90 seconds. Hmm. Whereas like Tide takes like what, four or five minutes to, to hit a heavy chord, I think. Probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so yeah, something like that. I was like, we can't do that again. Like we can't do the, we can't do like the long drawn out intro. So it's like, let's just, let's just hit it like almost right away. Yep. So like, I thought the 12 string intro was like kind of immediately grabs you. It's not just a chord ringing out. Like it's something actually being played and like arpeggiated a bit. And then I think the heavy guitars come in within the first minute of the record. I can't remember. Like, yeah. I think, I, I think they do uh, within at least the first minute, 30 seconds, you know? And I guess with that song, it was like, all right, I'm going to grab you and I'm not going to let go for like at least a solid six or seven minutes. Like I'm going to throw a lot at you before you get like a break. And then, like, the break being, like, the clean break, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. right. And then, but then also, I didn't really set out to write, you know, 14 or 16-minute songs, but I just sort of <laughs> stop where I feel like there's a natural conclusion. But I never know, I never know when that is going to hit. It just sort of, it just sort of happens. Yeah, because on the first one, you only, what was the longest, maybe? 11. 
right? Okay. Was Dream Something on ending like the longest song on the record? I think so. Yeah, I believe it is. And, that's, and you're up to what, 16 on this, on this one? Yeah, the last like, track? Yeah, Lane is 16 minutes, which is ridiculous. So it's like, yeah. I've, I, it's like I, want, I, I didn't want to write longer songs. I don't think I did, but I did. Hmm. So then, and in some ways, it makes the record even more, not impenetrable, but for the average listener, like, you know, you throw someone a 16 minute song, they're like, I'm not actually going to listen to it. You know what hmm. I mean? I'm going to, I'm going to skim ahead. So then it becomes this thing that is, I don't know. I don't want to say that it feels more sacred, but it's like the people who listen to the whole thing, like they'll get, they'll get something out of it. And then like that, I think that's enough for me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. What about? What about you, Justin? Was there was there things where you were like going into the new one that you were like, I want to amp this up or dial this down or focus on this? Not really, because I had I had full faith in Derek. I mean, I I always did, but at that point, I I was like, you know what? I might just like get out of this dude's way and just let him do <laughs> do his thing. You know what I mean? Let yeah. him um, yeah. cook. Let him cook. Yeah, totally. Because <laughs> the stuff that he was sending, you know, like like I said, you know, the the first thing I got from that this this new session was um was pretty much a complete so- song of salvation right i mean like at least the first like, the, like, like the first 12 track? minutes or something yeah i think so I right think, i think i had the whole thing lined up and i think i i think i had i think i had the solo even written in that song for the most yeah, part it was it, when you when a, you presented it to me it was it was pretty developed and i was like shit i was like I was like, I think I like this more than anything that's that's on tie, and I probably told you that at the time. Yeah, no, you, know? you did. Yeah, yeah. So and I was I, like, and, and and actually, I I I think. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, you had written this long song. I don't know if that was your intention, but it just it just so happened. And then the idea was like, well, you know what? Like, let's write another long song, and that'll be the record. Like, it'll just be two side A, side B. It'll be one mm. song each. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do remember that. I remember that was my that was my idea. Right, and then I, I think the the next thing I wrote was ecstatic rain, like another long song. Yeah, it was because we had we had the two songs, the two long ones ready to go. Yeah, but I think that one, I think that one happened more in shifts. Like I feel like I didn't have the full thing written on the first pass. You're right, you you I didn't. Because I, I remember, I I remember ending, we we yeah. we debated the 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 beginning a little bit, like the well, beginning. I, I changed riff. I changed the first like the riff that has like the start and stop feel yes. to it. You had you said you need to change that because it's a no warning riff. Yes, it sounded like it sounded like like ill blood or something. It's not like behind these walls or something. Yeah, you're right, right. And I was like, oh fuck, you're right. And then yeah. I wrote something else, and then it was fine. But yeah, I think like yeah, perfect. like that one. I remember that one. I feel like happened like in thirds. Like I remember writing a third of it. I remember writing the second third, and then I remember writing like the back, yep. the back yeah. of it and. And that one I thought was really good. I still do. Um, that one, that one hits a lot of stuff, and I like that. Like, that's the thing. Like, wait, making long songs is like, how do you? If you're gonna, if someone's actually gonna commit, like, you have to hopefully keep them engaged. So, you know, these songs, they they, they don't have a lot of parts that repeat. I think. No. Like Song of Salvation, a riff never comes back, and only one riff in Ecstatic Rain comes back, and then it comes back in with like a dual solo. So it's like. It's kind of not the same part, yeah. Not at all, and and it has dual solo, dual vocals with you and Max. That's right, and and that's that was sick. Yeah. Um, but 
I have that written down, like how you keep someone's attention for that long. And I actually have that written down too, like the lack of any kind of repeating aspects. There's nothing that gets boring about it. And really it makes you want to listen to it, you know, repeatedly. Well, like, that's the hope. Because yeah. you have to figure it out because it's not like you're getting hit over the head with the same, you know, repeating line or course or whatever. And I, I mean, to me, that's what helps to keep it interesting. But is there any other tricks that you're using to like, take the listener on that ride and keep you for that whole 16 minutes. I think, no, I think it's that. I, I think it's just the whole, like you have these, you have like this, like what, like, well, let's use ecstatic rain as an example. Right. Um, like I sort of view that song, like as, um, I sort of view the long songs as like, uh, breathing in and out, like an inhale, like holding your breath and then finally like exhaling. So I feel like, like the first few minutes of that is like a slow, like you're holding your breath. And then by the time we hit the clean break where my friend McKenna sings, that's like the first exhale. And then, mm. and then I'm, I'm trying to like, I'm on, and I'm like, okay, well, I want to build the tension back up. And I think, I think that is like what makes music, music exciting is, is like the constant, like push and pull or like the tension and mm. release of music. Like, like, where is this going to go? And like, what, like, I, what is, what is like how does this conclude and things like that and i think also yeah just like trying to create a song with movement that is but not without like having to ever really change the speed that much that's like like you know a lot of prog songs like it, they just get crazier right but like mm -hmm. you can't really get crazy with doom music i mean you can but like we're not gonna like we're not gonna pick up the pace or anything so it's like <laughs> it's just like trying to find trying to find flow and creating structure i don't know how it comes about i just sort of it's it's the byproduct of just like sitting on your chair for like an hour playing 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 riffs or ideas right and then being like oh i think i've stumbled onto something let me piece this together and then thinking well i had this other riff that i had come up with a couple of days ago can i somehow mesh this all in and that's sort of how it is also just the benefit of being able to sit and just demo stuff on my computer and like listen back take it with me like on a on a train ride and and like think about what i've worked on and then be like well where do i want to go from here and then maybe i'm listening to music and then there's something that hits me where it's like oh something like that would be cool um and then not exactly writing that but being like i want to capture how that makes me feel like the the clean break in song of salvation um the one where um it has like the guitar solo and then the solo helps like transition back into the heavy part like that whole thing is just like i love the song lightning crashes by live but how do i take that feeling and put it into a song and that's like my attempt at it do you know what i mean hmm. so that doesn't answer the question at all but it's like just goes back to like constantly chasing a feeling and just seeing how far i can take it mm -hmm. and for now 16 minutes is as far as i want to take it i guess <laughs> Yeah, well, it works. That's I, for yeah. sure my favorite song on the on the album, man. It's like such a good closer. I think so. So you got these two long ones written, and then you decide to have the the two instrument kind of instrumental tracks in the middle. Yeah. Was what made you go with that? Well, I think first I'm now I'm, I'm trying to remember, Justin. Maybe you can help me. What came yeah. first, unrequited or secret grief? Um, I th oh man, I don't. I think. I think I don't secret, know. Oh man, I think secret grief. I think secret grief came first. You sure? I I, I don't I remember. I think so. Okay. I think so. Oh, you you might you might be right actually. 
Because I remember working on it because I remember uh, I had moved into where I'm living now and there's no AC in my apartment. So I had like a portable unit in my room and the, my apartment was so fucking hot. Like it was disgusting. I'm on the top floor of a house. So I moved all my stuff into the bedroom because I was just living alone, waiting for my wife's immigration, uh, like permanent residence to clear. So I would just sit in my room and watch Star Trek Next Generation episodes and then like work on music because I had like a fold out table with like all my shit on it. And I remember starting to write Secret Grief. And then I was like, well, I guess it's not going to be a two song record. And then that's when I guess we changed the whole like structure of the album. And I was like, okay, right. we're going to make like a full 45 minute affair or whatever. And yeah, I was fine with that. Yeah. And then I think Unrequited was an instrumental where, well, that one changed a couple times, but that was one where I sent it to you with like a drum loop to try to right. help. Like, cause I was like, I have an idea for a, like an instrumental that is like clean based. So I was like, so I'm going to send it to you with drums so you can kind of like understand like the vibe I'm going for. And then, yeah. so then for a long time, we just had the four songs and I kind of like tinkered away at those. I wrote solos pretty late, pretty late in the, in the game for those ones. Because another thing I started doing once I moved was um, I started taking guitar lessons again. And that was a thing that I, for me, like really helped shift like how I felt about playing, how I felt about writing and just like my overall confidence, like really quickly after. It's just like, I think it was like the rush of realizing like I could actually get better at my instrument. And then being like, you can hear it, man. I mean, like the solo on Unrequited that's, is like, that's the yeah, like, is something like, else. My man. band name Tumul Payson was like, that's my favorite solo you've written. I'm like, oh, thanks. Oh like, yeah, that's a good one. It's wild. Um, and that was the first it's one of those. One. Every time I hear it, it's like it's like it hits you every time. Yeah, like it, it's. I don't know, man. It's hard to explain it, but it's like it's like that thing where like I was saying, where it's like sometimes you hear something and it like hits you right in the chest. It's like that's what I wanted from yep. that. It's like this. It's like the song. Um, I always I always reference this song, but like the song Who's Crying Now by Journey, like the solo in that song is like incredible. Yeah, okay, that one, okay. super simple, but like when you yeah, hear it, you're incredible. just like, ouch, man, you're like, that yeah, hurts. That's a good like, one. It's amazing. So then, yeah, my teacher, um, his name's Kevin Hoofnagel. He plays in Dysrhythmia. He plays in Gorguts. Um, he has a new band called Veltoon. He used to be in Sabbath Assembly. Like just learning from him was like such a, it has been such a positive experience. And it was just a thing where it kind of forced me to start playing again, but like more um, like critically, like like actually like working on stuff like 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 to better my playing. You know what I mean? Not just I'm just going to play for the sake of playing, like being a little bit more like critical. Um, and I just, you know being so inspired from like the lessons and stuff. That's when I wrote the solo for Unrequited. That's when I wrote, wrote the solo for Secret Grief. And those two really come out. And like, um, you know, he, he, him and I would bounce ideas off, off um, the, 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 the kind of like the weird solo in um, Ecstatic Rain where uh, Max does some vocals as well. And like, he, he kind of, he was like, why don't you just like write like two solos? Like, like, write two guitars playing together and and see where that takes you and like i loved it and it was fun yeah, and it was, was a he was right you know? he was right and it was a challenge and it was it was sick and so it was like a a thing where um yeah it, it if anything like it just really like made me feel like you know 
I can get better. And that was that was like that's a nice feeling. I don't know, like you know, if you hit stagnation with something and then you just you can either kind of give into it and just be like, this is it, like this is who I am, or you can sort of like just push yourself to to hit a higher level of something, right? And so for me, like the I mean, dream and ending in a nutshell is that because you know, I mean, you were intimidated doing drums. Like, man, I didn't know how the fuck I was going to record all those guitars. Like, I was like, this is going to be a disaster. But, like, I pulled it off. I was impressed by myself. Like, that was, yeah. was daunting. I know, like, I know people do this all the time. Like, you know, people have, like, like their, their projects where they do everything. But I was like, I'm not, I'm not cut out for that. But I guess I figured it out. Yeah. And it, let, let me reiterate the point that like, for, for me, there was a lot of uncertainty going into that first record. You know what I mean? Like drums, like I said, with drums, I, I had Arthur. So I, I knew that, that we, we would get through it, but vocals, I was on my own. Cause I actually, I recorded the vocals myself, like, yeah. like in my clo- in my closet, you know what I mean? And like that, you know, and, and plus, the, you know, at, at the time it was a very intense, you know, kind of moment in my life. Like, I don't know, man. I didn't think I was going to get through it, to be honest with you. You know what I mean? So, like, you know. Yeah, no, I remember, I fi- man. I remember yeah, yeah, it was, it, was, it was tough. So, so you know, when I finally heard, like, the mix of, like, the first mix of, of Ty, like, I almost cried because I was like, I can't believe that we did it. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, yeah, like, no, like, dude. It was. Like, we made it happen, and it, it sounds good. Like, it just, I just couldn't believe it. You know what I mean? No, like, it, was, it was crazy. Like, I remember being... I remember we got the first mix and um, I I remember I was at work and I was like, I don't want to listen to it till I get home because like I only have like these crappy like earbuds on me. I don't want to ruin the experience. But then uh, right. I remember getting home and I remember like sitting in my mom's backyard, like on her deck, which like an, a lilac tree hangs over. It was like the perfect spring evening. And I was listening to that on like my like nice Sennheiser headphones. And then I remember like I uh, I had sent it I'd sent the first mix to Dave from 20 bucks spin as well. So, I'm listening to it but I'm getting messages from him telling me that he likes it a lot and stuff. And yeah, I was just like holy shit, like we actually did it. <laughs> it was it was a nice feeling, especially like yeah, like it was such a such it was like really venturing into the unknown. We never had a band practice. Like right. I had that, no that, idea that's what the other was thing. Like, like it was just it was crazy. But it was yeah. great. Yeah, could have been a disaster. But it, it could have been, but the, I I'll tell you what though. Like going into song, I felt way more confident because I was like, "Fucking, oh, fuck if we yeah. could, if we could do, if we could make Tide happen, then like we can do this again." Like, like we had a game plan and the game plan worked. So like, let's just, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, like we can do this. Oh, it yeah. sounds like that. It sounds like you guys are just like, I know exactly what I'm doing. Yeah. Let's push this stuff even further. Totally. It's like super confident, you know, yeah. everything's better. I mean, it, it sounds completely like that. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, agree. I mean, like, yeah, I, it was just like another, like, I mean, I guess I had, you know, like from like the momentum of making Tide and then just having a bunch of ideas and the time to work on it. Like I felt really good going into it, but also I felt better about my guitar playing. I think you probably felt better about your drumming. I think yep. you probably felt like you were more at like your regular strength. Cause like your back wasn't bugging you or anything. Yep. And so it just felt stronger. Like it just felt like, Oh, it's like the first record, but there's like muscle added to it or something. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um, and but I remember I needed, I was like, I need more time. Like I was, I was, 
I was putting throwing so much at the songs that I was like, I am not going to like, I need more time to do it this time. So I think I did it. I think I started on a Thursday and ended by a Sunday. So it's like I needed a full extra day. But it was a lot, man. Like I took I have this awesome custom guitar that um my friend Tony, who plays in that band Inoculation, made me. And it's this crazy looking red guitar. But I I had it sort of designed so that it would sound good heavy, but as well clean. So I used it on a lot of like the clean tones on the record were, were sculpted by that guitar. But because, you know, he had made it didn't have a ton of time to QC it and shipped it off to me. It was still a little bit of a work in progress. So like, you know, like the metal fret bars on a guitar, um, mm-hmm. they weren't like a hundred percent filed down. So as I was playing it over the weekend, I noticed that my, my fretting hand was going red and it was like getting like irritated by the metal bars. So then like my hand was sore and like tender and it like hurt to play the guitar. So I remember like by like Saturday, I was like, I'm in pain playing, but like you <laughs> still have to like finish the album. So then like Secret Grief that I didn't use that guitar on it, which was actually like a good thing because this is like a dumb nerd note, but all the songs are drop C sharp half step down from standard tuning, except for Secret Grief, which is just drop D standard tuning. But if you play a guitar with like a locked floating bridge, like a Floyd Rose or like a Shaller or whatever, you need to actually bust open the back, adjust the springs if you're mm-hmm. going to tune it for something different. So it was sort of, okay, we're going to record the all these songs first, then we're going to record Secret Grief last because I have to like reset my guitars. But I didn't reset the red the, the red guitar my buddy made me, which was a good thing because then I still had one in the, in the main tuning to go back over a couple little parts. But yeah, I remember it chewed my hand up. And by that point, like I still had to track bass for all the songs. I still had to finish one song. So it was like a painful experience, like literally, because like my hand was fucked. But I got through it. And I feel like now I feel like a dick for saying it like that, because like I, I, I'm not mad at Tony. Like, you know, these things happen. But uh, luckily, I have I had I had a few things on me. But. Yeah, I remember like that recording, it was easier going in because it was like, all right, we know exactly what to set up. We know exactly how to like tackle the songs. The only thing I did differently was I left bass till the very, very end for all the songs, Mm. which was good because it's just like when you're in the flow of like playing guitar a lot, it's just easier to stick with it as opposed to like switch to an instrument where the neck is a different size for me, at least. Makes sense. Yeah. And then, yeah, we it was just... Working with Sean at Boxcar is so easy for me. It's like Justin working with Arthur. It's just like it's so comfortable and familiar. And Sean and I just understand each other and speak a certain language and we just crank it out. And we both have like the same sort of like, you know, we're very patient. We're very chill. And we just sit there for hours, get stoned, and I just play guitar. He just hits, (laughs) you know, start, stop, go back. So then I think like, I mean, by the time... Did we were like by the time we recorded the record, had the first record actually shipped to people? <laughs> like the vinyl itself? Yeah, I, that's a good question. I don't think so, man. I think the vinyl came out in February, <laughs> and we recorded in February, right? Yeah, like I, th- you, I think I tracked January, drums. I tracked drums in January, right? Yeah, yeah, right. And I did it. It was like basically as people were getting their record, I think we were all we were like on the cusp of listening to a first mix. I feel yeah. Like. So we 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 got we got the first mix rather quick. I remember I I did I like I had a little bit of a snag where 
a lot of the the lyrics that I that I had written just didn't fit with the songs. So I actually like I actually redid and rewrote a lot of the lyrics in it. So really? I would say, oh yeah, dude. I, I don't know if I've told oh, you that wow. before, but oh, you- but um yeah. So a, a lot of it didn't didn't work. So I would say um, it took me about two weeks to to write and record the 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 vocals you know to write lyrics and record the vocals i, I did it you know it, pretty fast because you know I, I was already you know had known the songs and 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 were familiar with them but uh but yeah that was kind of a crazy process Jeez, did it did that change like the themes of the album or was nope. it just more like nope. the, the specific lyrics you were going with? Yeah. The specific, like I, I just kind of had to articulate them a different way. I, I had a vision anyways, mm. like an idea of, of what I wanted to say um, right. with most of, most of the songs anyway. So, so yeah, it, it I just had to kind of retool them. Is uh, the themes, the lyrics, is that something that you want to go into at all or leave it no, up I'm, to the, I'm you know, to talk about it. I think yeah. like, I mean, we kind of always had like a pretty clear idea of like what this band is about or like what we're, what we're looking for. I mean, it's, it's tricky. Cause like we play, I, I feel like our, our themes or our vibe or like whatever, they're not, they're like somewhat in step with doom, but they're way more, I guess, optimistic for yeah. lack of a better way of putting it. I mean, for me, like dream on ending just feels like, like a search for like, like joy in some ways, like it's just like the joy of being alive, like the joy of like finding meaning in your life. And like that, like that's sort of like that, that quest of just like, you know, finding your place in this world and like learning to be comfortable with yourself and all that kind of stuff. And I always felt like your lyrics reflected that stuff, or at least that's what, oh, I, took from yeah. that's what I took from it. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. And, and I, I think that, I, I mean, we're not a band that's, that's afraid about uh, talking about love either, you know? Oh, fuck no. For like, for better or worse. I mean, like, I mean, most of the stuff, like it, it, I mean, especially like the clean, the clean parts, you know, I like, I, I always felt like really help bring into focus what it is. Um, especially like, like the Richard Poe spot on the new record. Um, the lyrics that McKenna sings in Ecstatic Rain, they just kind of build off like what you're doing. And I mean, Secret Grief is like the heartbreaky song. Then that and Unrequited are like the heartbreaky songs of the record. Fair enough. Right. Yeah. Like, especially with Phil singing Secret Grief, like... Yeah, I mean, that's like, that. that's like par for the course, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, like, having all that stuff, like, we had all that stuff basically ready once we were done, I feel like. Yeah. Like, we didn't have to wait on anything. Like, we really got... We, I think we were really motivated to get it out this year, too. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? I think, Definitely. I think, I think Dave from 20 Bucks Spin had told us, like, you know, if you have everything by this day everything can come out this year. And I think that kind of like lit a fire under us. And then we yeah. sort of light that fire under everybody else. And everybody else did like everybody else came through in like a big way. So, Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Props to, to everyone involved who, who made that happen. Uh, I think Dave said, listen, if, if you have everything March 1st, we can make it happen. Right. Yeah. You say something like that. Basically. But we, we, we were ready to go by what, second third week of february you know what i mean we yeah, like we had yeah. it we had it quick like yeah we got everything like and that's the other thing too is like you're playing like this game of like kind of like back and forth like you know justin will do his stuff and then i need to make sure that i get it in time to go record it with sean at boxcar and then i have to wait on sean to get it back to arthur and then and then it's 
it was like and getting all the extra stuff right because you know we have we have my dad playing the keyboard and and piano on the record so that's all got to be there we got phil and mckenna singing spots we got richard poe doing a spoken thing and then my friend layla um layla abdul who plays in uh, vastum and does her own solo stuff she played trumpet on secret grief but all that stuff like we had it just all in check and, we, like, we, and don't forget about Max. Max was oh, probably the Max. last guy. Yeah, that was the last guy. Yeah, Max yeah. was Max was the last one because I feel like he needed to hear your vocals in order yeah. to track his stuff. Right, and then he was pumped because he's like, "Oh, it's it's good to know I can still do this because we hadn't done anything in so long." So he hadn't like you know done any like guttural vocals in a long time, and then and that was like. You know, I guess around that time is like when Tumult would have started making the like the aperture of body right. tape or like kind of like easing into it. So for yeah. him, he was like, Oh, it was a big boost, like for well, like, I, I remember I remember him telling me he was like he's like, dude, if it if it's if it sounds crappy, just scrap it. Like, don't worry about it. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, nah man, like it sounds great. Like, trust like, me. <laughs> like, it's all it's all good, dude. Trust me. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. And then yeah, and then we just, it, it's a lot of, it's, making a record's funny, because, like, it seems, it's, like, seems easy, but there's all, so many moving parts. I think the thing that really helps our speed, though, is that it's just, it's so streamlined between the players, right? Because it's just Justin and I, for the most part. Mm. And I think we both share a certain killer instinct to get shit done. So we just we just don't sit on things like we just are like oh we have this let's just do it like let's just do it. How how did you guys decide on all like the guest vocals? I mean I know you brought back some you know obviously your dad yeah and you said McKenna did the cleans but you got Phil in on this one and I mean they added trumpets which is just like super cool like where do those ideas come from? I think well Secret Grief is like I mean the first half of that song is sort of like my my love letter to the band the blue nile <laughs> like mm-hmm. i love their song like i mean i love a lot of their songs but they have this one song let's go out tonight and it's got like piano and i think it's got some trumpet mm-hmm. and i was like that'd be cool to do but like i can't sing like paul buchanan i can't i don't have enough like gravitas in my voice to really convey anything and i mean justin and phil are friends and i like phil's voice and so justin kind of put that together Okay, but I think like I I kind of like you 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 facilitated the whole thing. Like I wrote lyrics and I kind of showed a bit of a vocal outline, but I was like, don't. I was like, Phil can do whatever he wants, you know. And he delivered pretty pretty easily, I would say. There was yeah, no, he he definitely delivered. There were no notes to be had. He did it like, and it's just it was so great though. I just felt like he like we he really like he I mean he really brought life to the song, but like I feel like. His, the the vocal performance he gave us it was just like oh this is really good just felt like like a little different than everything I've heard by him and oh totally oh yeah yep I was you know it's him but it's yeah it's it's yeah. unique no, he was he was really psyched to do it he was happy to do it to to do something that was a little different too that's something that that's not that wouldn't be considered his his you know the Phil Swanson wheelhouse he was yeah. he was pretty Heavy psyched metal. on it yeah yeah yeah. Like, yeah, and I was yeah, like I, he, I he always he always wanted to do other stuff, you know. That uh, for sure, for sure. Uh yeah, I remember like I remember hitting him up after and and just being like, "Man, like I'm thank you so much. Like I'm such a fan, blah blah blah." And he was like, "No, oh, this was great. Like it's nice to not do heavy metal." <laughs> 
And I was like, yeah, sure. Well, that's that's good to know. And so that was great. And then I think I I think I kind of floated the trumpet idea to you though, but like kind of showing you like I remember like I showed you that that video of um that guy David Torn playing with that band where Bill Bruford's playing drums and there's like a yep. guy playing trumpet, it's super like verbed out. And I was like, Oh, we could do something cool like that. And then we and then I knew Layla played trumpet and she like crushed it in like five minutes, I think. Like I sent her yeah, like the, she uh, was the amazing. Yeah, like I sent her the melody idea and she was just like cool and then like i think like a day or two later she's like here you go i was like perfect she's like do you need me to change anything i was like nope it's like yeah (laughs) it's just and that's the thing that makes the band so sick it's just like how many like awesome people i know that are willing to like you know pitch in and help out like like your dad dude killed it again oh yeah i mean that's that's so awesome man when he comes in he has this like hits this like pad synth uh, in like the final clean break of Ecstatic Rain as it opens up and it just sounds like Terminator 2 and it's like the fucking greatest <laughs> and that stuff like I feel like he could have a thing going man with like other bands we could start oh, seeing I forget his first name but something Dave, yeah, on like Dave, other but like yeah he like yeah well he's I'm so blessed because he's just like uh, he's like a synth and like MIDI guy so he's got every sound at his disposal right so I can just hit him up and be like can you give me organ and he's like yeah and then I'm like can you give me so this cool. he's like yep He's like, can I have this? He's like, yep. I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> um, the only thing I didn't, I, I wanted real trumpet. I didn't want a MIDI trumpet because uh, I needed, I needed the the real feel of it. You know what I mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. I think MIDI trumpet might have sounded like uh, some of those like interludes on like like the first Nile record or like the Blessed or the Sick, where it's like very, very <laughs> fucking cheesy. I love that, yeah, but it's yeah, like yeah. I yep. don't. I love that cheese, but like that's the kind of like we're we're going for a different kind of cheese. I think not that kind right. of cheese. I feel yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah, just, so we like we're gonna have two records in two years, and just like that, ain't no thing. That's it's crazy. It's wild. It's wild. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about well, so I know we've talked a bunch of times just about like the differences of it, and I know you asked me one time like. You, do you think we topped the first one? And I mean, I, at the time I was like, I think, but I don't know. I mean, I really like the first one. And, and, and then like now it's, it's an easy decision to say like, this one is definitely better. But I know you were saying one time, like you weren't sure you were, or you were just kind of like, I don't know if this is one that's going to like necessarily make a bunch of new fans, but it should like people who like it should really like it. Well, I think like, it, I, it feels, it feels a little... I mean, like, Doom records like this, like, I, they feel a little daunting, not because they're long, but it's sort of like, if it was, if it was like eight four-minute songs, I might feel differently. But, like, asking someone to commit to, like, a 14-minute track is hard, or, like, a 16-minute mm. track. But if you like the first record, it's like, oh, well, then this is for you. You know what I mean? But that like, makes sense. And I, I but I, I don't mind that. Like, that's, that's fine. And if it, if new people are attracted by it, like, that's great. But, like, at the end of the day, uh, it's i mean at the end of the day it's it's for us more than anything Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. um yeah like it has like it almost has like a reverse flow to the record where it starts off intense like you have basically 19 minutes of like song right like of heavy music like of between song and secret grief and then the record kind of like calms down a bit right you have like you have murmur of voices and then you have unrequited but and it was interesting. Someone someone was talking to me and they're like, you know, the record is it's almost like thirds where you have like those first two songs and then you have like the the interlude and the instrumental and then you have like the last mm-hmm. song. 
I was like, yeah, that's fair. Except if you listen to it on record, it'll be ev- like first three songs on one side and then Unrequited and Ecstatic Rain on the other. So it's like you hmm. get it's a different sort of experience. And like I've never listened to it like that because the record was sort of designed to almost flow as like one big piece without being one long song. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? It feels that way for yeah. sure. But I mean, I get what you're saying, though. Like, it does feel like three movements, but it's yeah. very connected. So then it like I wonder I wonder what the sensation is like for like someone listening to it on record versus CD, let's say. You know yeah. what I mean? Where a CD plays continuously, whereas a record you have to actually actively flip. Um, well, I've been listening to it on Dropbox a lot because <laughs> I never inputted <laughs> <Yeah>. it fully. <laughs> and so like when Murmur ends, it it, it is a bit it's like you could feel something's coming. So it's more, it's just more just like, you're just ready to flip it over. Yeah, you know what exactly. I mean? Yeah. I, I feel like it, it does feel like it's just like, it's going right into that. I just didn't want to like do something where, you know, like if you buy the album dope smoker on vinyl, every record, every side kind of fades out with part of the album and then has to kind mm. of fade back in. I didn't want that so much. Like I wanted side A to, to fade out with like just the ambience of murmur of voices. Like I didn't want it to fade out with like the intro kind of like solo mm. piece from unrequited i wanted that to be like that's going to start side b you know what i mean i didn't want it to be teased on side a and we didn't do that or anything like that but um and murmur of voices came in super late in the in the process like maybe like the month before we recorded yeah that sounds about right right yeah and then that that was a fun one because then i just like was like well this is an easy way to get like a bunch of friends on the record i like hit up a bunch of people i was like hey will you like you send me like an iphone recording of you like whispering this and like a couple people sent me like something better than an iphone recording but it was just like a fun way to like Hmm. get a bunch of people i like on the record it's like my bandmate payson some friends uh some people justin knows yeah it was just like a fun a fun little thing and it adds like an extra layer of like ambiance to the song and kind of like we highlight a few key lines at the end that like kind of are more focused rather than the rest which is just a blur and i kind of got the idea because um i had been i had been watching uh star trek deep space nine with my wife and the subtitle in the fur in the early seasons when um they'll like have a scene of like the hallway or something it'll the the the, the subtitle will be murmur of voices to sort of describe like just the chatter that you hear <laughs> Okay. I was like, oh, that sounds cool. I was like, oh, I'll use that. So that's what it's from. <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. That was a fun thing. Yeah. But um, but like everything, everything just came together so well. I and it's the benefit of working with people who just know what they're doing. And sometimes just people having their own idea and, and sort of putting their own spin on it. Like when McKenna sent me her vocals, she sent me a harmony track as well. And I was like, I didn't ask for that, but it was a great idea. Like, I just was like, how did I not think of that? And it just adds another dimension to that part and it makes it more impactful. And that's like, it's like, I feel like that's what we're always going for. It's just like, we'll make a record that has like a bunch of key moments and something that like, so at least you're walking away with something. You know what I mean? Because yeah, like, how do you make slow music engaging? I feel like that's the question I'm always asking myself. I feel like that's mm-hmm. like what I'm asking myself when I'm writing for the band. And I'm still looking for the answer, but I'm I feel like I'm on I'm on the right track. So, you know, I'll just roll with it for Are now. you gonna try and do the three in a row thing or are you gonna chill for a minute? I mean, we'll see. We gotta we gotta 
I mean, I'm I'm always good to write. So if I write, we'll just make something and find a way. Mm -hmm. We'll always find a way. But I mean, like this, I mean, you know, I think Justin and I both just like making music. Right. So. Oh, yeah. No doubt. Just make as much as possible. I mean, Justin's on a roll right now. This is the big year. (laughs) Yeah, man. (laughs) It's a wild. Yeah, it's a wild year for you. It's like, well, like two records in the same week came out. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Is it the same Friday? Yeah. Yeah, same Friday. Yeah, crazy. pretty crazy. Though, though <laughs> I mean, the, the thing is, though, those are records that we had been working on for a while, so like almost pre-pin. Like for for Summerlands, for example, like I recorded the drums pre-pandemic, so like you know, yeah. I had spent, wow. I remember. Yeah, we hung out while you were in. I, we were in Philly at the same time. Yeah. And then we hung out, and I was like, "Well, um, when I move down here, you know, we'll start practicing." And then I never. Yeah, because I remember. I, I remember when we were hanging out. I was like, "We got to do the band." You know what I mean? Like it was it, before it was Dream on Ending. Like we like we were just yeah. We didn't we even just have a name. About, we didn't have a name. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, "We got to make this happen." So. Oh yeah. What what was the hang up with Summerlands? Was it just because like the, the the vocalist changed because oh, it yeah. was done that long yeah, ago. Yeah, vocalist changed, and then uh, you know Arthur's a busy guy, mm-hmm. so um, Arthur was a busy guy. So he he was he was doing his thing. He was you know producing a lot of records, and and Summerlands was just kind of on the back burner for a while. Um, mm. But once we got Brendan locked in, um, you know, kind of came together. Um, you know, rather fast. So, but, but that, that took time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. When, do you remember when he would have done his vocals? He did his vocals probably not too long ago. Yeah. Within the the past year. Yeah. I I was actually surprised that, that the record came out. So, I mean, I I know we're to be talking about dream and ending, but just real quick, I was surprised that, that, that Summerland's, came out so soon after we had finished it, you know, cause I, I was, I figured it was going to be a year or something. Mm. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. No. Did, uh, did Phil ever do vocals for it or, or was it all just fresh when he came in? No, Phil had done some demos of songs mm. that we recorded. Um, but he had, he had told us by like, um, by like late two th- I think maybe late 2019 that, that he didn't want to do the band anymore. So, mm. right. Yeah. Yeah. I was so scared. I was like, I don't know <laughs> with this new one coming out. And then I was obviously easily oh, man. put at ease once it started. He yeah. Killed yeah. It, he killed it. Yeah. I mean, he's, he I mean, it. I love Phil and Phil is amazing, but, but Brendan is awesome too. You know, Brendan yeah. is, is, is pretty incredible vocalist. And I know there's going to be people that, that prefer Phil and that's, that's totally fine. I, I, I respect their mind. That's, that's all good. But, uh, but yeah, but well, but he, Brendan was awesome. You know, they can, yeah. they, awesome. can they can listen to you know you can listen to your other band, Solemn Lament. He sings. That's that. true. That is there true. Get your yep. Phil fix there. Yep. He'll he'll find his way on some other records. <laughs> I bet. Yeah, you know, Phil is gonna do his thing, and like even when he tells me he's like, I'm done with music. This is it. Like, no that's not true. <laughs> no. Hopefully not. He's, yeah. he's done when we say when we say he's done. <laughs> totally, totally. Uh, well, you got to touch on numeral forms too, because uh, you know I loved the the previous LP, but I was just talking to a friend, like just you know trying to decide. Somebody was like, "Do you like it better than the than the one before?" And uh, I, I really, I really do. I feel like this one's like another like big step up, like the yeah, 
like the feeling that you threw in there on this one and the added you know to me i mean i haven't listened to a bunch oh, but a couple times i've listened to it it's amazing it, it man it's a and, terrific record oh thank yeah. you I, I appreciate you saying it kind of that blew me away yeah i i really like it i i like it better than the the, the other one is cool uh, respect to everyone who who was involved in, in in the first one but to me yeah this this one i i like much more you know songwriting especially the performance um i'm i'm pretty happy with it i got to say like like a lot of times I can't listen to my own shit because it's just there's too many flaws. I just can't do it. But like I listen to this one, I'm like, yeah, you know what? Like I think we did a good job. I'm pretty happy with it. So I don't know if people agree. Yeah. I, you know, it's 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 a tough band because it's 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 a lot of misery. It's a lot of slow parts. It's a lot of like ugly upon ugly. I, I understand why it wouldn't be attractive to people, but like we made the record that we that we wanted to make for sure. You know. So it's the same lineup though, right? Same lineup, right? Same lineup. Mm. Only difference. Only difference is that I didn't play. I didn't. I didn't touch the guitar on this one. Like I played. Mm. I played rhythm guitar on the on the last record. Oh, but you I, did? I okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. But I. I didn't. I didn't. Only thing I did on this record was sing. Right. Mm. So even with the writing and everything. No, I. I, I still. Um, I, I was still involved in in the writing for sure. Like yeah. me, okay. me, Jensen, and Chris probably did a third each of of the writing you know maybe okay. maybe a little bit a yeah, little more yeah, here yeah. or there but uh but yeah no no, no. uh all, all i did was sing what's that song thrall thrall oh, yeah thrall that's, yeah that's chris's best solo he's recorded. yeah that's, that's my that's my favorite that's so one good i think i told him that i think we talked about it because it was like, oh cool that's the one i was like that's the one man yeah i like I, I like that one a lot to me that was like yeah that that's that's my favorite one on the record like that that I, that one feels like us like kind of doing our own thing you know what i mean because oh, i feel like there's not sure. not a lot of like bands are, are are doing something like that so at least like within our you know our, our sub sub genre so I'm, I'm pretty happy with that one well like you and were- you have a good mix of tempo even for like a death doom band do you know what i mean yeah mm-hmm. right and that's that's the thing that really swings the record in like a, a like a forward and like good direction is like for a death doom band it, it never feels it doesn't drag you know what i mean some records Mm-mm. drag or they do the we're slow insert blast beat back to slow you know what i mean right. like there's none of that shit like it's got it's got good flow it doesn't have like oh no i, I appreciate you saying not, that yeah it's not like yeah i i want i want i want the songs to be dynamic so I, I still think that within that genre you can still be dynamic you know in the sequencing on and everything, like the way, oh, I mean, yeah. like you said, like the tempo changes and all that, but not feeling like they're out of place and like ending on, ending on sleep, sleep, uh, what is it? Sleeping, sleeping, sleeping in light. In light. Yeah. 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 It just feels like such a full package album, you know, Thanks, like compared to the one before. Like oh, yeah. you can just feel that like, oh man, you put, if you finish that song, you're going to, I mean, I put it right back on. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. No, that's cool. Like, you know, I, I, I really appreciate you saying that. That's awesome. That's the song where if I was in the band, I'd be like, we have to open every set with this song. I would love that. That's my other favorite one. You know, like I like the I like the doomy shit, man. What can I say? You know? Yeah. yeah. No, fair enough. Fair enough. This time of year, it's this is what I need right now. Yeah, so I no came in the right time, man. Cool. Right on. Yeah. No, autumn is the perfect time. That's why it's like, and you know, we we're it'll be good. We this record comes out in November, so it's not gonna be completely winter yet when it comes out but no the, always this, feel like it always feel yeah. like autumn records to me for sure mm-hmm. yeah absolutely i was gonna ask that so 
I know, Derek, we've talked. I, I, I the, the previous album, that one for me was always like sunset kind of a listen. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a beautiful album. This one to me, I, I've been putting it on more like on a rainy day. I don't know if oh, that's yeah. just me yeah, yeah, yeah. or maybe at night. Like what if you were going to tell someone like what, how should you listen to this? What, what would you say? Either of you guys. Well, I mean, my, certain my, headspace, certain vibe. That's funny that you said that because my, my friend Trevor, who plays in Wound Man, um, he told me he was like he was like yeah I wanted to listen to Dream an Ending but like I didn't want it to start raining so I didn't put it, I didn't put it on <laughs> you know what I mean and he was talking about the new record you know yeah <laughs> I mean that guy has the has probably the best environment to listen to it when he's out on the water right like that exactly that's totally that's why you listen to the record because he yep. works on a boat so yep. right he works on a boat he sure does. It's like, yeah, I feel like those are records you like listen to at sea. But um, yeah, I I think the new one, well, it's tricky for me because I wrote half of it in the winter, half of it in the summer. Hmm. So it's got a lot of different things. And then I've listened to it through like ev- almost every season. Yeah, because we've uh, had the record for a while, man. We've had it since February, you know? Yeah, it is crazy. Like, we've had a, that's why it's like, it's funny where it's like, I feel like every time we hit the part where we have to talk about the record, I'm just like, yeah, it's fine. But like, wait till you hear the next thing we do. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we've had, we've had so much time with it, but like, yeah, I think, I think it's a, it's a, it's a nighttime record, I think, but I don't know. It's a rainy day record. It's, it's a record for all seasons. How about that? Mm-hmm, How about that? Mm-hmm. But sure. yeah, yeah. I always just tell people, listen to it when you have, like 45 minutes of like uninterrupted time. And I'm like, if you're like a drug user, take drugs first. It's like, yeah. Right. <laughs> <My MO. laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. But like, yeah, I, I, the record really keys in on a bunch of things. Like it just like, it's for me, like what it just, the way it makes me feel is like more important than like how it sounds. And, uh, it has a lot of like big moments. I feel like, like, Oh Yeah. Like when the heavy guitars come back in on like Song of Salvation, like the title track, like those are those are really sweet moments. And it's just like, yeah, I just want to like find that. It's like just a quest to find like just like joy in writing music. I think like I get a big kick out of just like watching like bands play. Like, I mean, I mean, everybody does, but um like the joy of just playing music together. That's been like the weird thing about like the post pandemic world somewhat is like i mean justin you've had the the pleasure of being able to play live but like i haven't so but like going yeah to that's shows, right going to shows now feels like way more of a thing where like i feel mm-hmm. but but now when i go to shows i feel like i'm way more critical of the show itself where i'm like i want to be like i want to be enthralled by the band that plays and i want them to like mm. bring their absolute 100 percent best thing so like i've experienced like both ends of the spectrum like in the last six months of like good shows and bad shows so it's like now it's like remembering how it feels to go to a show that's good is like that's how i want to feel like when i make a record or like that's what i want the that's the feeling i want to convey when like someone Mm -hmm. hears a record i make is like just like i i want them to hopefully like feel like enthralled by the experience this is probably I'm the same way, man. This is probably the byproduct of like taking mushrooms and going to see fish play, but like, and then just being like, <laughs> this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. Where it's like, I'm like, oh, I want that to be like how people hear records. Like, that's how I want to hear every record. It's like, you know, I, I, and I, 
something that really struck me. I know I'm I know I'm uh I'm rambling here, but I notice a lot of people don't have like like ways to listen to music at home, like through like good speakers and stuff. And like that's something I really like cherish and value. Hmm. And that was the nice thing about like moving moving into this place is setting up my turntable and like my speakers and like being able to listen to records like really loud. I'm really lucky to have neighbors who don't complain about me listening to records loud or like playing my guitar loud. Actually, they texted me tonight um, asking if I if I could play them "Smoke on the Water" from between the <laughs> floors. Awesome. So I did. <laughs> but yeah. um, and just like I, the experience of just like really like immersing yourself in it, like really soaking it in. I just feel like that's a thing that like I really cherish. So I just want to try to make music that like people can feel like get lost in a little. Hmm. And I feel like that's like I feel like my songs are. It's more exploratory than ever, where it's like I'm just sort of searching for something and then trying to like kind of like find an answer. And that's why you have these like long songs that just sort of don't repeat because, you know, I guess in like in this like analogy where I'm searching for something, like I'm not going to find much new stuff if I go back to something previous. So it's always like trying to find the next thing, right? So I'm just trying to write something new. And I hope that it helps keep the music fresh, right? Because like i want new i want someone to be presented with a new idea like all the time as opposed to a rehash that's the hope at least it works and i think that's why it took me you know it it takes a minute you got to listen to these songs and like really digest them like you said like spend some time with it because it is exploring and going so many places and i mean it's it's complex it's more complex than less more dense yeah but it's like man it just rewards on like those extra listens and the more you pick it out because I've been listening to a shit ton this week just because before we were going to be talking about it. And I, not to mention just since I've gotten it, it's like it's only gotten better, you know. And oh, it's, I'm good. always afraid to play albums too many times, you know, like oh, yeah. your favorite albums. You don't want to ruin them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, At least done, I'm like that. I've done that. I know. <laughs> yeah, I hate that. I, I've you know? overplayed and, records and it's just it just it doesn't it doesn't have the same feeling. It's so sad, you know. Yeah, that's how <laughs> it really is. It's funny. Like I said, I thought about that a couple weeks ago. I listened to we, at work. Someone put on "The Queen Is Dead" by The Smiths, which I oh, guess yeah. feels topical. But um, <laughs> I was like, "This is a good record," but I was like, "Skip the song, skip the song, skip the song." It's like I've heard it too many fucking times. Where it's yeah. like, "Oh, mm-hmm. I can't, I can't do this record anymore." It's like put on this one instead because like I haven't heard it a million times. It's like, yeah, I, I know that feeling, like the the fear of like ruining a record because mm-hmm. listen to it into oblivion, but. But luckily, this, I think, lends itself much more to, like, really listening a lot, you know, just because of that. Like, Yeah, there's things to be discovered, right? And I mean, like, mm-hmm. I, I was listening to a record today, and I feel like this is a record that really helps color, like, how I how I approached writing Song of Salvation, like, the whole album. But um, the album Exuvia by Ruins of Beverest, mm. which is, you know, a, a good, mm-hmm. I think that's a good 20 minutes longer than our record. But that's a record that, like, you know, there's a lot being thrown at you, so it's hard to remember everything. So it's a record where, oh, yeah. like, if you listen to it enough times, it becomes more and more rewarding, right? Because yeah. you just exactly you're stumbling upon something new. the The best compliment I get from friends who listen to the album are, "I had to put it on immediately again after." Like that's yeah. the best. Like that's like oh, can't, can't beat that. Yeah, you know? can't beat that. Like, that's. <laughs> 
that's what you shoot for and you hope that you land somewhere in between that and yeah it's good you know what i mean like well and i think you nailed it especially because it ends on a such a climax like it's it really you know it doesn't just fade out it it you know you, you built it to the end with like ebbs and flows but then like right at that end it just it's really like uh there's a lot of satisfaction, like coming down from that whole journey. Yeah. So it's like super easy to just to like throw it back on because it's it's such a high at the end of that thing. Yeah, for sure. And I think I think that plus like, I think the like, how do I say this without like, there's almost like there's a sensitivity to like these these records. You know what I mean? Like they're kind of vulnerable, right? Um, because we're being very like, we're almost like speaking very plainly at times about about certain things, and that seems to really connect with people i remember like when tide came out i got a few people diff- like few people reach out to me being like i really love your record and like i'm really like depressed or like, i've been going through a bout of depression and like this has been like a really big help which is like such a crazy thing for like someone to like tell me but like i'm yeah. like dude that's amazing like you know yeah i get it because like this is it's like why i make music right like and the way i always look at life is like you kind of live with like this line that you can't see and on like one side of the line is like the will to live and like the other sign is like the desire to just not be alive and it's like all about like widening the gap so that like you're more on the will to live side and like for me like mm. writing music is like that that's it like it's like the thing i like to do like it's i feel like in the last couple of years i really figured out like that like living is easy but not really but uh i'm just like well you know, I, I, I'm, I'm in a really good spot. Cause like, uh, my, my day-to-day life is not bad. I live with my wife and my dog and then I get to like work on music. Like it doesn't get much better than that. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm don't have a lot of money and I don't care. I just, uh, have enough to keep buying gear that I kind of need, but don't really need, but I keep, uh, stockpiling <laughs> it anyways. And I just write music and it's just like anything I can do and I think that's what helps motivate me to like keep working. I think that's why Justin and I work well together. Because if I'm just like, here's three more songs, let's record them in four months. Justin will be like, yeah, okay. <laughs> and that like, you know, that means something. Someone that's like actually willing to like deal with like my psychosis. Like that's like, that's a real beautiful thing. So hmm. it's like, uh, I'm glad I found you, Justin. <laughs> uh, I'm glad I found you, brother. <laughs> I, I i wouldn't i wouldn't call your productivity a psychosis though you know but, That's good. <laughs> but it's just like yeah, yeah it's, it's, like, been, it's been pretty i mean listen I, I i know this this sounds you know uh sentimental but like i'm just like you're a talent and i'm just and i'm just blessed that 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 we could play music together for real. You know what I mean? Like, oh, like it's, no. it's been incredible, you know, like it's, it's, been, it's awesome. Well, it's so crazy for me, man. I've been watching you play in bands for like how many fucking years, right? Like if you told me in like 2005, it's like, Hey, you and that guy on stage will make a band together. I'm like, no way. But then like, just the way stars align, man, here we are. Yeah. Pretty crazy. It's kind of crazy. Like, yeah, I can like, yeah, I've been like, you've been, I've been going to shows that you've been at, or like, we've been in show, we've been at shows together since like 2005. Think about yeah. that. Yeah, it's That's pretty like, crazy. How many years is that now? <laughs> like 17. Yeah. Like, it's a crazy thing. And then, but, and it's just funny how, it's funny how life works. Like, it's funny how life pans out. Like, you just never know. And that's like sort of like 
is sort of the the beauty of it. It's like you never know where it's gonna go. And I feel like I'm really intellectualizing dream and ending, but like that's like what dream and ending is. It's like you don't know where it's gonna go. Like when you're listening mm-hmm. to a song for the first time, you're like, what's gonna happen? Because like there's a lot of long doom songs out there, but they're like three parts. You know what I mean? Like we're trying to like really pack in the paint here, so to speak. And, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I love I love listening to records that are rewarding listens and that's all I want to do with anything I work on. And then uh but yeah. But then I, I it's also fun for me, like, yeah, like as your bandmate to like see like how much stuff is coming out this year for you, like and then knowing that like it's like you're not done yet, like those two records drop in the same week, but it's like, oh don't worry, like you still got something else coming. Like that's <laughs> That's fun for me, like yeah, as, a, I, I as, a, can't, as a fan of your music. I can't wait for this this record to finally be out, so I can like talk about it with with other people, you know, people who haven't who haven't heard the record and stuff. You know, like it's well, a cool thing. It's well, a cool thing. Si- yeah, what's sick too is is like a fun thing that you get to experience that I haven't really had much of is um, when you're playing shows with your other bands, and then people come up to you and they're like, oh, "I really like that Dream on Ending record." Yeah, and like that's cool. Like, wasn't it like somewhere you're playing on tour in Europe and like there's a kid in a dream on ending shirt? Like, at the yeah, gig? literally front row. I was like, that's holy so shit, that's crazy. Yeah, that's so sick. Like, yeah, I haven't had much of that. I had like I had a, I had one guy. I went to a show here and he came up to me and, and he was like, uh, hey, your your name's Derek, right? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, hi, I'm like when we were talking and he's like, I love I love the dream and ending record. I'm like, oh, cool. And he's like, oh, because of you, I really like the Blue Nile now. And then for me, that was like my <laughs> crowning achievement. I was like, oh, yeah. This <laughs> that's that's what cool. it's all about, baby. That's what it's all about. <laughs> and I think I like, I, and it's funny because like, you know, like people in bands always talk about like getting like uh, punished by fans, but rather like I'm like the one punishing fans. And I like <laughs> Yeah, that. you're like you reverse know? punishing. Yeah, oh, totally. yeah. No, I, like, he said he, he, it was like his like first mistake, like worst mistake thing where he like mentioned the Blue Nile. And then I was like, hold, let me tell you. And I was like. <laughs> gave him some speech about how it's like the way I feel when I hear that guy sing is like how my grandparents feel when they hear Frank Sinatra sing. And the guy was just like, Oh, that's cool. And I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> You try to get away. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's like, How do I get out of here? I'm like, oh, you know. He's like, I should go. No, it was fine. But like, yeah, no, like, um, and just like the way people connect with it has just been, it's just not something I was ready for, I guess, but it was like a really nice feeling. You know what I mean? And, uh, yeah. And like, and like friends of mine who like, I didn't know would like any of that stuff. And then being able to like, kind of get them into other bands, like, you know, like I have a friend who really likes it. So I was like, well, why don't you check out this band called the gathering? And then I have him listening to it. And then like a week later sending me like their live at dynamo 96 set being like, you have to watch this. And it's like (laughs) that, like that exchange. Yeah. Like that stuff feels like so fulfilling, but yeah it's such a it's such a fun thing and then like what was fun in the summer was like justin and i actually got to see each other we actually listened to the new record together which is such a funny thing to do because like we've never been in the same room for the process Mm. it's like whoa let's listen to the end result and we're like oh job well done you know what i mean (laughs) yeah like well well this record's good yeah (laughs) so it's good yeah it was fun that's cool i've got some 
questions like from some of the listeners. I don't know if you guys want to run through no, a ask, them real ask quick. Ask a thousand questions. Okay. Is this okay. is this live or or no no? Did you get Mm-mm. these questions? Okay, yeah. No, yeah. Just before this, is just okay. some of our like, yeah, some of our listeners. Um, let's do this one first. So uh, let's see here. They were talking around. Okay, so I think they kind of corrected this question. First, they were saying like the turnaround was kind of surprisingly quick. Did you feel like dabbling in like this like newer thing, which you know the Dream Doom Fusion yeah. opened the creative floodgates more so than like some of your other guys' projects, and that's why it was quicker. Or did did you have a lot of cool ideas left over from the debut, which I think we covered a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I didn't have a single thing written for Song of Salvation until after I had finished recording Tide. Yeah. So it's like I I didn't have I didn't have the like. I didn't have the capacity to write anything more because I was so terrified about pulling Tide off that I was like, I have to get this before I can think about anything else, right? But then mm-hmm. because it went so well, I was so jazzed off it that I was like, oh my God, like I could do this, I could do that, I could do this. And I was just, and then like, you know, you, you kind of switch like your listening palette of like records and then you're like, oh my God, like there's so many things I want to do. And then just sort of like piecing it together. And I think that makes sense. Tumul was sort of the same way. Like, like I, I don't think I, I don't think I ever wrote ahead. Like, it wasn't like, it, you know, if Tumul was working on Manner of Infinite Forms, I don't think I had anything written for Planetary Clairvoyance at that point. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? No, mm-hmm. so I will say when we were recording the first record, Primordial Malignity, I remember at some point, Max was like i forgot something at the music store i'm gonna go drive and get it you wait here so i had like an hour to myself and i think that's when i started writing uh, a two-mold song called feed them hate which is on a tape it's like it's like one of our sickest songs that i feel like not a lot of people know because it was on like the molting tape which is like from Mm -hmm. a few years back but it's a sick song i remember writing half of that while max went to go run an errand but like aside from that (laughs) i usually am like I'm just going to focus on like what I need to get done and then I'll move on to the next thing. Yeah. And yeah, it makes sense. And cause he said like, or did the new style just like ignite a new flame for you, which sounds like you were just like stoked on what you were doing. So you just kind of kept going forward with it. Exactly. And like, you know, when I went to, when I went to uh, record tide, Sean, the engineer at Boxcar, you know, he, we used this, um this like reverb pedal called the night sky. And it really helped color the record. So then when I got home, I was like, well, I have to get one. And then that kind of helped motivate me to like keep writing riffs. And I, but I was like, oh, it sounds so good with mm. the 12th string. Oh, let me build some parts on the 12th string. So it's sort of like, it was more so motivated just by like the momentum of making Tide, mm-hmm. I guess. And also I was like, I need something to do while I wait for a mix, right? That's which we talked mm. about. So yeah. Okay. I think this was kind of like off of that a little bit. So like, Given your it says given you're working in a genre that's less established as far as you know specifically what you guys are doing, yeah. have you felt more inspiration to just really take the ideas as far as they'll go more so than like some of the more death metal projects, or do you want to draw some draw some stylistic lines? No, I I feel like I mean for myself like I feel like I have way less of a net than in other bands. But maybe that's also just like my willingness to just try whatever I want. You know what I mean? Hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I think, I don't know. It's a tricky one. I mean, with Tumult, I mean, Tumult, like, I mean, when we we put out that tape, Aperture of Body, 
um, which was sick. I love that tape. That tape's so oh, yeah. good. Not to like, <laughs> not to like gloat about my own band, but it's so fucking rad. It, it was is. so yeah, that's, fun. That's the best Tumult Dude. stuff, I think. Yeah, it is. Yeah, like that was so fucking fun to make, man. Because like, we hadn't practiced in so long, and I was so pumped. Because like, you know, like me and Max, like we we got together first initially, like at his in his parents' basement. It was like felt like the old days. Like it felt like when we first started Tumult. And it was like, we're just like working on like these crazy songs. And we're like, man, this like makes us feel like when we were writing Primordial Malignity, like the first record, but like crazier. And then, and then like, you know, we got pacing in on it and I'm just like, you know, we're like, oh, we get to play clean now. I wrote clean parts. And like, that was sort of, um, we knew that there was this inevitable, like kind of going to be like, oh, you know, they write, they have clean parts now. And like, maybe that's because of Dream Unending, which is like half half true i guess but like i never saw it as like a direct link but i can i i fully understand why people would be like this sounds like dream and ending and it's like well i guess so like i'm in both bands right and i write both bands so <laughs> yeah. it's fine but like and making that it was so funny like i got offered during that time uh, when we started practicing again just the three of us i got offered to like fill in for a band for a potential tour and like i don't want to say who because like it just it would sound mean but not mean, but like, I just don't want to, I don't want to like talk out of turn, but, and I was thinking about it and then I was at a band practice and we were having so much fun that I was like, I can't give up a month of playing with you guys to like go play on tour. Mm. So it was like, and mm. that's when I really realized it was like the process of writing and recording music is like what I live for. Like, I like that more than playing live. I look forward to playing. Same here, again. man. But like just making records, like I want to, by the time I'm 50, I want to have like, 20 lps that i'm on you know what i mean like i want to be like oh yeah here's like a bunch of shit i did and not because it's like i'm gonna be known for it or successful it's just like just for me like a personal accomplishment you know what i mean mm -hmm. and so like the last couple of years like despite the pandemic just felt like i could really hit like a creative stride and i was so fortunate because like that band outer heaven asked me to play bass on their record and I had a lot of fun working on that. And they had a lot of fun hearing me work on it, I think. So, like, it was a really, like, beneficial experience for both of us. And do you have a question on that Outer Heaven update. That was it. Okay. Uh, what's your question? <laughs> I don't know if you can answer what's that. What's your question? <laughs> I mean, that was it. Outer Heaven update, question mark. <laughs> um, it's it's on its way. It's on its way. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Um, it just needs to be, it just needs to be mixed. But, and I'll, yeah. and I'll tell you. It's good stuff. I'm nice. so pumped on it. Uh, everyone nice. has fucking delivered on it, man. I was like, it was fun because I, I love that first LP, but then there was this real like, all right, no, like we're like, we want to play like crazy shit and we're going to play more like, we're going to have like more thrash parts and we're going to have like these more like noodly parts. And I'm like, cool. Uh, I can't wait to play on it. And then yeah. it was a lot of fun to record bass for that record. But um, and then that was like a nice, you know, kind of easing into playing fretless bass because I played fretless bass on that tumult tape. But like, yeah, just like the joy of being with those guys. I was I think I said to them at one point because I had told them I might leave to go on a tour with someone. I was like, I can't go. I was like, I can't. I was like, this is more. This is like this is the most fun I'll have. This year is like playing with you guys. And so like making the tape it was easy. It was like. Everything kind of lined up really well for Justin and I to make the Dream and Ending record because 
Justin's backlog was more or less finished. You attract all your stuff for Innumerable Forms and Summerlands. And yep. I had already written most of that Tumult stuff, and I had already been pretty much done with writing the Dream and Ending record that I was like, oh, I'm just going to like, I'm going to put out a couple things this year. It's going to be really nice. And, mm. and just like, this one I really learned about like, that's like when I felt like I really had my, my priorities lined up where it was like, I just want to make music. Mm. Drawing's cool and all that. But I just wanna, I just wanna write music, and it's just crazy that people will actually listen to it. That's the, that's the craziest part of it. I still can't believe it, but like, yeah, here we are. same here. Yeah, that, that is crazy. <laughs> it's wild. Like I know some people are like really like into their shit, but like, I, I love my stuff, but like I, when other people like it, I'm like, wow, really? Like that's that's cool. Like that's that's ridiculous, but like, I'm grateful for it, and knowing that it can actually like reach people on a deeper level. Like that's something you can't trade for anything. You know what I mean? Like there's real, there's like real joy to be found in that. Yeah, absolutely. Anyways, um, did you have any other listener questions? Uh, this one's kind of a quicker one. Uh, they said, have you listened to bands like lamp of murmur, like their submission and slavery release? Yeah. I'm familiar with that one. There was another one. I don't know this one. Patriot motion. No the album was lack. Uh, Fellflower Stream. I don't know, but they but they're just referencing some stuff that has like that goth '90s alt vibe to it, um, and like what you guys thought of that. If you did, um, I like I like making a connection. You know, I like Lamp of I like Lamp of Murmur. I think that stuff's cool. Um, you know, it's funny though. At like this point in my life, I actually don't. I'm like, I feel like my wife is more on like the pulse of like gothy music than I am. Like, I don't. I don't really listen to it that much, actually. I write it, but I don't listen to it that much. Mm -hmm. I, you have to understand though, like my listening habits are pretty terrible. Like, uh, I listen to not the worst music, but in some people's eyes, I listen to the worst <laughs> music for the most part in my like day to day life. Like, I love, like I, I, I mean, well, if I look over at my turntable, it's the Summerlands record on there. So most listeners would be like, "That's cool." But, like, when I'm at home, like, I'm mostly listening to, like, Little Feet and Toto records that I have or Bruce Hornsby records that I have. Or I'm listening to, like, live Fish albums, like, from, like, the late 90s. Or I'm listening to Dave Matthews. <laughs> okay. Like, the things that I write is not what I listen to so much. You know what I mean? Like, sure. I listen to Dire Straits more than metal at this point. I think that. Yeah, but, yeah. but, you know, it's funny. I think about that. And then I think about, do you know, that metal band Chapel of Disease? Mm -hmm. They made a record that has like a lot of straights like style on it. Oh, yeah. And oh, I, yeah. <laughs> I've been thinking about I was thinking about that record a lot because I was like, uh, I remember that came out. Some people were like, this is like dumb. And I was like, I don't know. This is actually what? Come on. sick. I think so. Oh, yeah, I love it's it. Like, if you don't like if you don't like that then like you're not gonna like it you know what i mean well that was sure. like i i was listening to your the podcast episode you guys released and for like you know this will come out when the record comes out but like this is late september and you had that that one black metal band that your your co-hosts hated um okay right and it's fallen dusk yeah yeah <laughs> i was like that's the best thing you guys played next to tumult <laughs> because it was just different right like mm -hmm, mm -hmm, i think that's mm -hmm. like i with metal like i i i um i'm always looking for something that just like sort of strays from the the main path you know what record came out last year that i felt like um had a lot of uh spiritual 
connection to us, but not the same thing. It was that band, The Silver. Did you listen to them? Okay, yeah, the um, some of the horrendous guys yeah, were in that exactly. one. Exactly, that album, like I think it's yes. called Ward of Roses. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, thought yeah. that record was really cool. Like, like to me, that like, that, like when I heard that, when I heard that, I thought it was like that's like that's sort of like how I feel about Dream on Ending. Like, I think that's their version. Mm-hmm. Like, that's probably like um, you know, um, Matt, Matt from Horrendous. Like that. I'm like when I think of if he like that's his version of like what I'm doing with this band. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I thought Outside that was I thought that was cool. But um, as far as like. You know, like bands that sound like if you like Dream on Ending and you like that like gothy melodramatic doom, if you're not listening to the band Vuna, V-O-U-N-A, like you have to get on that. That's the that's the stuff right there. She's like it's like more or less like a one person band uh, based out of the Pacific Northwest. And that's like sprawling, epic, like tragic doom metal. And it's like it's mm. fucking incredible. That mm. stuff's great. OK, but uh yeah, it's funny. Justin and I, we don't really talk about metal. We mostly just talk about non-metal bands that we like. I feel like that is true. Well, that was a question. That was a question too. Like, like some, like some general, either like non, some non-metal current recommendation or not current, but stuff you've been listening to, or stuff that kind of seeped into the sound. Dream on endings. I know we've covered some of that. Like but. the the official favorite band of Dream and Ending, I've decided is live. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so take that for what you will, but. Throwing Copper is one of the one of the great '90s records. I feel like we talk about like '90s music more than ever, yeah. and more than anything, because like hmm. I think we're both big like Soundgarden dudes, and like I do love I do love Soundgarden. I do love Alice in Chains. You're do you like do you ever like were you ever in a Helmet? Um, I like Helmet. I don't love Helmet. You know, I it, it's more that maybe I don't like the baggage of Helmet. Like I don't like the Helmet um, imitators. Yeah, you know, yeah, but yeah. but th- they have good records. I saw them a couple weeks ago. Did I tell you that? No, you didn't. How was it? Was it bad? It was fine. <laughs> it was, it fine, was yeah. fine. So, um, my my wife's a big helmet, a big helmet fan. Our dog Wilma is named after the song Wilma's Rainbow. Interesting. So she was like, well, "Helmets playing, we should go." And I was like, "Okay." But um, honestly, like the band, like it was a three bill band and we stayed for two of the three bands. Mm-hmm. And the first band was Quicksand and yeah. they were, they were better. They were better. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've seen and, footage of them recently and they, they, they sound pretty good, even though they're, oh no, they have, they have a second guitar player now because Tonka Capone's not in the band anymore, but no, they have, no, no. They it's have the guy, guy from Gavin like, or something. Everybody else is like the same. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cage on drums. It's still uh, was his, yeah, Ser- Sergio. Sergio, yeah, yeah. And it was awesome. Helmet were good, but it was like I thought Quicksand were better. Yeah, I like I feel like that stuff. Like I mean, we were and we're always just talking about like the music that we grew up on. Like we we have our discussions about like hardcore and like you know we you lived in more eras of it than I did, but like we talk about that more than we talk about metal. I feel like we still talk about metal though. Oh yeah. Yeah, we yeah. both love Faceless Burial. It's our it's our favorite band. We do love oh, we yeah. do love Faceless Burial. I just did a tour with them in Europe, nice. which was incredible. Yeah, Great, I mean, amazing band. It's ridiculous, dude. Ridiculous, and they're ridiculous live too. They they fucking brought it every night. They were they were. I watched them every night. They're awesome, especially for a three piece man. Yeah, like, three piece death metal is like not a thing to be trifled <laughs> with. You know what I mean? Like no. that's yeah. Like, 
if you can pull that off, like you're on another level that Definitely. we all inspire mm-hmm. to be on. Definitely. I was impressed when I saw Necrat live because they, they pulled yeah, it off really well as a three-piece. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, another. Yeah. Uh, but the fa- but Faceless Barrels is so great. And it, it, it got their new one a couple weeks back, and I, I'm obsessed. I mean, I, I'm obsessed with that band in general, but yeah, they're just It's so just great. ridiculous. It's so good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're, yeah, they're, they're great guys too, by the way. Like yeah. they're yeah, cool. incredible people. Like we, we, we started a, a group chat when we were on tour with forms and, and face, you know, the faceless forms group chat. Oh, yeah. And like, it's still going strong, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those are always, cool. it's, you know, you, you do tour with people and sometimes it's good, but like, you don't really connect. Like, like Tumult always connected really well with like the band of feather and bone. Like we had a group chat. Yeah. Going for like two years after we toured together yeah it's just ridiculous but uh yeah i guess that's the one thing i miss about touring is like actually like connecting with people in person yeah it's like i don't i don't get to do that so much now so it's like anything i if someone reaches out to me it's usually like online but like i like that you know it's like if you like the band you should email the band i love emailing bands it's like a thing that i do (laughs) because sometimes like you never know like it might it might lead to something you know what i mean I emailed mm-hmm. I emailed Justin and then here we are. We have a band. Yeah, yeah. we got the band. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> that's like that's like straight straight up. It would not have happened if that if if you didn't email. Oh, oh straight God, up. no, no, yeah. no, would not have happened. So this is like yeah. there's proof that it's just like it's okay to reach out to people. Sometimes yeah. they don't yeah. write you back, but then it's like fine. It's kind of funny. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's the ones that will write back to you versus the ones that don't. Sometimes are like kind of amazing and hilarious. So like you just have to like just keep. You know, it's like, just keep throwing a spaghetti at the wall or whatever. Um, <laughs> any right. other user questions? Or yeah, here, here's the last one. Yeah. Um, and I know you talked about these ones a lot more on the first one. I don't know if you've still been into these albums, but like you were talking a lot about Gene Clark, Dennis Wilson, Bruce Hornsby as influences for the last album. And they were just like wondering if, if you plan on leaning into that sort of like uh, slick roots rock sound or if it's just going to continue oh, more of a bro, spiritual influence. Oh, bro, wait till you hear my blues band. <laughs> Oh yeah, for sure. Like I love that stuff. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No. Like, um, I mean, Justin. Justin's privy to all my all my stuff. But like, yeah. Like, um, I've I actually wrote like a whole album's worth of like clean music over the summer hmm. that I'm gonna do something with. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, like I I do think about that a lot because like um, the thing I wish is like you know like. Um, I'm I'm happy to have like my my dad in my life to help me with like piano stuff but it's like you know my my dad um he'll be the first to tell you that he's like you know he's like I'm only good to a point you know and I always wish I could meet someone who was like a bona fide like player like at a different instrument like a piano player like a trumpet player or something where it's like I'm like anything that you think you are like I'm like a hundred times better than you at your instrument mm-hmm. but on my instrument and I always like wanted to like use that to like start a band with somebody else. But the thing I realized is like I love like singers. So now my my new thing is is like if I if I meet someone that I like mesh with, I'm just like, can I like write something for you? That's sort of like how music in my head works. Is like someone will be like, either write me an album or like, can I write you an album? So like Justin was just like, let's write a let's like make a doom band. And then I'm like, okay. I'm going to write this because now I'm motivated to like, please somebody. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It was the same with Tumult. Max was like, we should do a, do- a death metal band. It should sound exactly like this. 
And it's like, okay, I'm going to do that for you. So it's like, let me, let me do this and hope that it's good and that you like it. And if you like it, great, we'll roll with it. So now like my, I guess like my thing is, is like, I want to write music where like I can have different people sing on it. Like I like the songs that I can work, that I can write, but like, I love vocalists and like, I can't like, you know, I can sing in like the pinch of like, Hey, how should this melody go? And I can kind of help carve that out, but I would never like front a band or anything like that. Yeah. And I bought a, I got a, I got a Fender Stratocaster over the summer. I've never owned a Strat before. So that's like a big life development for me. (laughs) So I was like, oh, this is cool. And like, you know, I, we were talking about Dire Straits and stuff like that. So it's like, well, I want to write music like that. So, um, in answer to that question, if I'm going to lean into it, the answer is I already have, but you haven't heard (laughs) it yet. (laughs) <laughs> nice no, okay. i've even like okay. i've heard it yeah i've heard it it's <laughs> and it's here, sick justin here is everything i make that's yeah that's, he gets yeah the, i think you're right the unique, the unique pleasure of hearing <laughs> all of my shit and like i bought i bought like a fender twin reverb amp like you know I, yeah you're right you're ready nice. to go man i'm ready to go like i'm like i'm all up in it and then but then it's great because it's like, oh, I'll use this amp on the next stream on anything, whatever we end up doing, right? Like, yeah. Um, so, and then, and like with Dream and Ending, it's like, you know, because I feel like Doom is a more, there's not a lot of limits on Doom. Like, we can just write whatever we want. So it's like, oh, well, you know, I've been working on this stuff. Like, how do I imply it in Dream and Ending songs? You know what I mean? Like, maybe I want to, like, maybe I want to play like, a solo but it's not just like a, a you know like a heavy solo and stuff like that mm. like where can i yeah like how, where can we push the sound like where can we try things or where can we try different things you know what i mean like that's the fun part about bands in general but also i feel like with dream and ending i i feel like i have no pressure on me at this point because for all I mean, for the most part, we're not, we're a band, but we're not like a real band. Like we don't play shows, like we don't go on tour yet. So it's like, now it's just like, let's just write whatever we want and just yep. see what happens. You know what I mean? And that's Pretty fun. Awesome. Like, like, just like, just do whatever. And that's cool. That's a good spot to end it. We're at about two hours. Holy yeah. shit, really? Yeah. <laughs> um, Any, yeah. Well, we, I mean, that's no surprise. Usually they're at least yeah, they are. <laughs> around they are. Yeah, we have a tendency. To um, so obviously everybody will be waiting for this one. Well, this will come out sometime around it anyway, so they won't have to wait long. But um, any other like updates, like two mold updates or anything else for you, Justin, like besides Dream Monday, anything you guys want to throw out there? Anything like that? Um. Well, I guess at it, it, two mold, we were alive. Everybody knows we're alive still. <laughs> Um, thanks to anyone who bought a tape, thanks to selling it out so fucking fast. That was so crazy. Like we were like, I I think people think that like we were trying to do some sort of like ploy, like, oh, we'll just like drop this by surprise and know that it'll like sell out fast. Like there is no scheme behind this shit. We were like, <laughs> well, we hope people like it. We were like, you know, anything you might think about us, like you're probably wrong. And like, we just want to say thanks for like the positive response like it made us feel like we like you know we're still a band that people will actually pay attention to because we just music moves so fast now if you don't put out something for a couple years it just feels like you don't exist anymore if you're not playing shows if you're not like working the internet or social media to your benefit it just feels like 
you're a ghost. So the fact that like we made three pressings of that tape and they all went pretty quick and it was crazy. And like, you cannot tell you, like, I, I cannot begin to express like how it made us feel and like mm. the spark that it lit inside of us. But like, if you like that tape, um, holy shit, like you're going to love what's coming. It's like, that's like the big things coming Instagram post is like me saying that, but uh, <laughs> yeah. So two molds alive and well, you never know what dream and ending is going to have. And I'm always working on stuff. Um, so I'm hoping that, you know, by the end of next year, I'll have a couple different things out outside of these two bands, nice. including outer heaven, outer heaven too. How about you, Justin? Nice. Um, let's see. Well, the, the albums are out. Um, forms is going to do a weekend Pacific Northwest, uh, in like Halloween weekend or, you know, late October, we're going to do Texas and we're going to do Texas in December. And then we'll, we're going to do some other stuff, um, uh, beginning of the year, probably, uh, just some shows here or there. Um, and then Summerland, same thing. You know, we've got some offers for some cool things. I don't know what we're going to do, but we're definitely going to play some shows. We better play some shows. We might we as better well play some shows. Yeah, yeah. Since the the record is out, um, <laughs> well, yeah. I don't know. We don't have anything booked right now, but we'll 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 make it happen. I'm not I'm not worried. Right on, right on. Yeah. Cool. Fuck. Well, <laughs> we covered a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, I think thanks, we. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. yeah, we dug into it. It was nice. We never get to like. It's just nice to just for both of us to be able to talk about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, this 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 is the first podcast we've done together too. Yeah, first inter- okay. first interview we've done to. If you consider this an interview, more like a conversation. But yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah. and um, the record comes out early November. It's uh, it's decent, and yeah. <laughs> And then and then, decent, and then yeah. by the time if you hit me up to tell me you like it, I'll just probably respond with just wait till you hear the next thing because that's what <laughs> that's I <did>. true. <laughs> that's true. And uh, um, yeah, no, it's just like we're we're blessed to have a bunch of people willing to work with us. We didn't even talk about the artwork. Like the artwork mm. is fucking incredible, and like Benjamin Veerling is yeah. like the most talented guy ever. Like he's he has. Every little detail had like such a serious amount of conviction between him and Matthew Jaffe, who did the first record cover. Like I've, it's been such a, such a positive experience working with people on the record, and we're pumped that Twenty Bucks Spin is like willing to put out music by like more or less a fake band. Like it's great. Like <laughs> can't ask for anything else. Like yeah, yeah. I'm indebted to him. <laughs> no doubt. So yeah, that's it. <laughs> Thanks for anyone who supports cool. it. Uh, if you ever want to contact us, us, contact us. Our email is thedreamisunending at gmail.com. Um, and if you write to us, I'll respond to you. That's sort of how it goes. There you go. So, yeah, that's there it. There you go. Yeah. Thanks, Jason. This was great. Yeah. Thanks, yeah, guys. man. It was nice. Always have fun. Us, nice to have us both on. It's nice to talk to you. It'd been a long time. I mean, I, I know. I, I bother you via text anyways, but you know, it's, uh, it's always nice to gotta have the yearly check-in. Gotta have it. It's nice to hear your voice (laughs) and, uh, it's always a pleasure, man. Thank you so much for, thanks so much for giving us the platform to talk about stuff. Yeah. And it's, yeah, no, it means a lot. It means a lot. Well, good. It means a lot to me. I'm stoked on the album. I don't think I'll stop listening to it anytime soon, but, uh, great. 
Yeah. So hopefully see everybody else loves see it. See if your co-hosts like it. They're a tough sell. They're a tough sell. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> we'll see what happens. <laughs> All right. Thanks, man. All right, guys. Yeah, it was fun. All right. Yeah. All right. Talk soon. <laughs>